Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And Free Talk Live, uh, in case you're just tuning in for the first time, is a show about well, news, current events, anything that's on your mind, really. And we encourage you to call us at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733, with whatever's on your mind, because we like to hear from you. That's right. Free Talk Live is live seven days a week, from 7p to 10p Eastern Time, and you can... Fix that for your time zone, whatever your time zone in is. And all of the archives are podcasted out for free, just for you. That's right, at freetalklive.com. What service, yes. Indeed. So, Mark, happy Mother's Day. Oh, God. You're, you're not a mother, but <laughs> we have to I mention it. I one, and I have one. Right. I think, uh, well, we all have one, right? <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So, I mean... Some are luck in better situations with theirs than others. Well, yes, that's true. There certainly are some people who, you know, don't have very good relationships with their mothers and some people who who do and, and some that are dead. I wonder what yeah. it's like for I mean, I, I just you know, is it tough for people who've lost their mothers, even the past? And Mother's Day is a tough day because I, my grandmother, I know mm. uh, her birthday is important to my mother and, and me. As a result, we always call each other on my grandmother's birthday. And, uh, you know, it, it's I can't say it's the happiest feeling, but to some extent it's, you know, at the same time, you know, it's not like we're morose the whole day either. Yeah, um, I think a lot of holidays do have that connection with some people. I mean, I know there are the highest rates of depression and suicidality happen actually around Christmas time mm-hmm. because everybody the theory goes, I guess, that everybody's with their families and some people maybe don't have families that are around or they they don't have a good relationship with them. Expectations. Or they're remembering sort of like past trauma that occurred around Christmas and they associate them together. Yeah, so. people put these expectations on what that holiday or those ho- that, you know, sort of a, a, the holiday season is supposed to be like. Yeah. And since families are never perfect, um, then therefore... You know, they since their expectations are met, they're in you know some some they have some level of upset as a result. Yeah, and there are also the idea that you're supposed to have like the perfect Christmas, and sometimes people can't afford gifts, or they they don't want to give gifts, they don't want to experience the stress of and planning. Christmas really isn't about gifts, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah, know, in mainstream nice to- culture, it seems like it's about gifts, but it's I mean, I guess. That's not the real meaning it's of it, It's nice right? to have a few things for the kids to open, you know, that they can have those things. Yeah, but I bet they enjoy that. you don't need that. much. I mean, the dollar stores have gifts in them, and you never know what the kids, you know, the kids are likely, likely to pay with, play with the cat packaging as opposed to the, mm. the toys. <laughs> well, and kids need a lot of things that you can't buy them, you know, sure. and, and, and buying them stuff doesn't make up for, I know it probably sounds cliche or whatever, but buying them stuff doesn't make up for not being there or love that they've lost or whatever, you know? So uh, it's important to pay attention to, I think your relationships every day, not just on the days when you're supposed to like mother's day or Valentine's day. What about Valentine's day? That's such a scam. I I don't like it at all. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure, especially on men to buy things. It's not a bad day. It's not a bad idea to, uh, you know, give, flowers or do nice things for your significant other right and if you haven't really or been, any day I mean, right yeah. if, and if you haven't been very good about that throughout the year then one ought to be good about it on valentine's day but if one isn't particularly good at having uh, you know if, if you do that 
on a pretty regular basis, do nice things for your significant other, then Valentine's Day shouldn't mean that much. Sure. You know, I mean, because it's because flowers it's a, go up three times, four times as much on Valentine's Day. Well, exactly. Um, there are lots of people, not to sound conspiratorial, but there are lots of people who make a lot of money off of Valentine's sure. Day. And I, one could argue that's Valentine's the whole Day reason it was created. It is a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely it's is a conspiracy. a conspiracy to sell more chocolate, flowers, and and, do- yeah. and jewelry and all and these other things. And none of it is, is love either. You know, like, to me, a relationship and love is about you express your appreciation for your partner and your love all the time because that's what you're feeling. And then you share what's on your mind with them, right? I mean, it's not like, oh... It's February 10th. I better go find a gift for the old ball and chain. You know, <laughs> I, 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 you know uh, the, the idea that you can jewelry has always interested me because this is a very personal item. If people wear jewelry and many people don't, my wife is not big on jewelry, but yeah, um, and I, don't, I. I don't see much many it's bangles on you either. <laughs> no, um, I haven't really checked you out for the, the jewelry you wear in the past, but now I notice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's a but it's a personal item. If if somebody wears it there, it, it's very personal and there's so many different styles of it so how would one uh, you know even go buy jewelry for somebody else i'm not gonna i, I didn't buy uh, I've, I've i've asked two women to marry me and mm-hmm. i didn't buy a ring buy their i didn't pick out their ring myself uh-huh. for either of them because i wouldn't you know pick yeah. out your own ring <laughs> if you're gonna wear something every day for the rest of your life as the tradition goes right then and, you might as well women, pick it out yourself <laughs> some women certainly want their ring picked out for them and i i think it's interesting trying to figure out what somebody wants and you know those kind of mm. things I, I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah, it interests me because I think that the whole g- gift giving and even the ring thing like symbolizes a lot of the dynamics, the gender dynamics mm-hmm. that I have a big problem with. Like, the, you know, the, the cliche of the, the sex contract, like women are exchanging their looks and sex for money and security and commitment from men. And the ring, I think, can symbolize. I mean, it can be nice. It can be love behind it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this about everybody. But at all, I mean, uh, you know, you're working together as a partnership in order to get things done. Uh, I mean, you know, life is easier. One, two can live cheaper than one. And you know, there are lots of reasons why couples work. And yeah, I'm not saying anything about couplehood. Just, just this, the sort of symbolism, I guess. Like a man gives a woman a really expensive gift, and then she's supposed to be to love him. For the rest of their lives, I right? don't think that. Uh, or even she, like the dinner she loves thing. Them already. And yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Exactly, but I mean, it's like I don't know. I just see a lot of those dynamics. The, certainly, play. women have been used as, uh, and, and frankly, uh, you know, people have, have uh, but you know, in Western culture, more so, women have been used in order to seal deals between families and things like that. Oh but yeah, it still goes so, on. It, it, there are ten-year-old girls being married off at different parts of the world uh, because it's six part of their years old in religion. India sometimes, um, yeah. But I mean they're, that's they're they're, that's deplorable. But the, but it's children getting wed for family purposes at that time, and sometimes know, they're married to much older men. Actually, not, not usually India. That's more of an Arab. Well, thing. yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but you know, when when you look at these things, uh, these these cultures have come up to you know whatever they've come to, and. Uh, you know, it works for them in whatever way it works for them. I don't know. I mean, I think that people should oh, have choices. I can't tolerate some. I mean, to to me, that seems like it's objectively crazy. And but bad. Once they, well, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that two kids would live together, but uh, it's crazy that they would live with their family too. I mean, isn't? Oh, it I, I mean, I was referring to you know, I was referring to um, 
the old men marrying the young, like the young women being against their consent, married yeah. off to older men. There's no way I could support that. Yeah, nobody likes that. For and that even particular even young kids, like, don't they say, well, you know, if kids live together for their whole life and they grow up together, they'll grow up and automatically be best friends. I don't think that's true. And there is a psychological principle. I think it's called the West Westerberg effect or some something of that nature. That if you are with somebody often when you are a young kid, it inhibits any you know sexual attraction to them. This is like the basis of incest being taboo, you know? Uh, And so if there are two kids who live together from a very young age, are they going to grow up and be attracted to each other at all? You know, maybe that principle is at play. Maybe it's a universal thing regardless of culture. So I couldn't support any kind of arranged marriage. I would like everybody to have the choice about who their partner is. I I think that the evidence is out. um, Or partners. What's that? Or partners. Yeah, I I think the evidence is out. I wouldn't want that for myself. Um, I wouldn't want somebody picking my spouse or whatever, but I wouldn't propose to tell other cultures how they're going to do it. I'm I'm really all about the competition in the marketplace of what's what's so. So, you know, I mean, if if, maybe that's the right way to do it, and we'd never know because you would tell people that it's the wrong thing to do. I don't don't know. I mean, there's lots of Indians out there. I don't think so. I mean, from everything we know about science and philosophy and just the ideas of it's freedom. It's um, I mean, the Westerberg effect you were talking about here. What's it like if those, you know, if that okay, couple's well, having about, sex? What about philosophy? I mean, the ideas of liberty are important to you, right? Like. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is essentially sold off as a slave or... I don't to, know which we're talking about We're here. talking about the 10-year-old girl marrying a 6-year-old okay, so, man. Because I'm not talking about that. I'm okay, talking about the Indians okay, then fine. getting put together Two children kids. getting put together by their parents having no choice about being married. I, it's important to make They your, do have a choice. When they turn... When they're old enough, they can walk away from it if they want to. And so they have I a choice every heard that. day. Okay, well, I mean, kids kids don't get a lot of choices. It's a it's the sad fact that kids don't don't have choices. <laughs> but eventually, they choices. they do become adults. They so do. why have them married before they're? Anyway, we'll, we'll continue this. I I want to talk more about that and uh, Mother's Day being about peace because we didn't get to that and we do have a call. So free talk live eight five five four fifty free. More coming up. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And uh, I guess I'm a host, too. Yeah, you're We're a host. co-hosts. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad to be your co-host, Mark. And uh, Free Talk Live is uh, a place where you... Well, freetalklive.com is a place where you can go to get kinds of cool features, but especially want to encourage you to check out listen.freetalklive.com. Uh, it, it has all the ways, ways you can listen to the show, including the live streams, all our radio affiliates, uh, webcam, satellite, and the listen lines which are kind of a little nifty thing. I, I don't know how many people take advantage of them, but... Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. We, yeah. could, we could probably look it up, but um, I would say dozens to hundreds, probably. It's You can actually call a phone number. Like, if you have no other way to listen to Free Talk Live, you can call a phone number and listen to it through your phone. So, good stuff there. Mark, we've got a call. Let's go right to the phones. Mike in New Mexico is on the line, and he wants to talk about mothers, past and present. Mike, are you with us? 
I sure am. Hey, I, I, I've got three things I'd like to touch on tonight. I don't know how much time I get, but the first is uh, just the difference about mothers from today from when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm 40 years old now, but um, I can remember my mother making sure that she got up with us and made sure we had breakfast every morning before school, uh-huh. and she would see us off, and we would sit down and eat dinner around the table with my, you know the whole, the whole family there, my three sisters, my dad, and my mom, and we'd eat dinner every night at 5 o'clock. And I was going to tell you something funny that was, uh, my sister Jackie and I would ride our bicycles to the grocery store with a note, a handwritten note from my mother asking if, uh, for the cigarettes she wanted. And we yep. could go up to the grocery oh, store wow. and buy cigarettes. This happened, <laughs> this happened to me, too. Wow. My dad would send me across the street. We lived out in a rural area right across from a, a little convenience store slash gas station thing and you know he wanted his vantage cigarettes uh, that had this little bullseye on them and uh, you know at first he'd send me over with a note or he'd be out in the field and he'd wave or whatever and they'd sell them to me and after a while I didn't need a note at all wow yeah you didn't even need a note at all yeah and uh, my when my mother smoked parliament and we'd we'd go up and get two packs of parliament and we didn't need a note after a while either but I'd like to make a comment on families eating together now um, I I don't have the the statistics here in front of me but basically your your kids lives are going to be significantly better if they eat one meal a day uh, I've together. heard that yeah and I don't know what's supposed to happen at that meal frankly because uh, we spend most of it going Jack take another bite um, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> as I understand understand it there's some kind of bonding or something that uh, I guess is what they're they're trying to uh, to say goes on but there, there's some kind of usually, huge benefits to eating together yeah I've heard that too Mike go ahead with what's else it, what else is on your mind you're right Mark it, it is a bonding and it's something that I actually miss now the, uh, those those dinners around the table are something that I relish as I think about my childhood but the second thing was uh the Kelly Thomas murder from those uh yes Fullerton police, California yeah, you know that those those officers are out on $25,000 bail, but the guy that was selling raw milk is out on a million dollars bail, facing 40 years, and those cops are facing 48 months apiece. That's madness. Yeah, I think it's I've madness. heard that statistic before. And uh, yeah, those raw milk criminals, we got to keep them locked up where they belong, right? Well, the raw milk guy, I mean, he committed the worst offense that you can make. He Contempt of the state? Contempt of the state. Because <laughs> yeah. it's legal to sell, as I understand, with the proper licensing, you can sell raw milk in California. So he chose oh. not to get the proper licensing. And now, as far as I'm concerned, that probably doesn't change the uh, quality of his milk one iota. No, but and the it's state a, does not is it like alleged it when you do it on purpose. Yeah, I don't even think anyone got sick from it allegedly, no, no. right? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's I, I the full uh the full nine minutes of that, that beating are on YouTube now. Okay. And I, I couldn't get through it. I actually started crying and turned it off. I was so sickened and my stomach's been in a knot <sighs> since this afternoon when I saw it and I just I, I, I don't know where that's ever gonna end, if at all. I, I can't I can't figure it out. I can't put my mind around it about what's What's happening with the situation with police, I don't know how it's going to ever stop. Yeah, I well, know. I, I feel torn, too, Mike, because I'm glad that's online, like, f- to keep them accountable. But it doesn't seem like, you know, there there has been this movement to try to get some kind of accountability from this police who did this. On the other hand, I don't want to watch it. I'm already, you know, on board. So, I already think that it was egregious, you know. You know, there's this real conundrum with, with cr- the creation of a state. Um 
Madison, when he wrote the uh, the Constitution, uh, basically said that look, you've got this problem. You need to make a government organi- You need to make an organization that's big enough and strong enough in order to cow the governed. But at the same time, it needs to be obliged in order to control itself. And I, like that's really kind of a funny thing. Yeah, to how create. has that worked out How's, so far? And <laughs> it's right, controlling it's, itself. And governments, like any organization, but especially um, organizations about power, are going to tend to grow. You're going to have mission creep. They're going to get bigger. They're going to get more powerful. And you know, police at this point, there are so many of them because of the war on drugs, and they've become so powerful. They're they're essentially the king's men. You know, I kind of remember the yeah. the, the Braveheart incident early on that started off William Wallace and his thing and you know it's it's not much different than that it doesn't have to do with rape but essentially law enforcement officers get a different kind of justice than the rest of us you know peons the you know the the, oh, the governed the I would, subjects. yeah I wouldn't even call it justice um hey Mike do you have I have a question do you know who the videographer was I, you know what it was from a remote controlled security camera okay. i could tell because they were moving around like with a joystick now the title on youtube if you mm. this is it exactly psychotic cops beat to death homeless man kelly thomas that'll give you the full nine minutes and it says somebody actually posted that from rt okay but it's it's got full quality audio too and you can hear the disgusting things that 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 fat disgusting cop was saying to him <sighs> I, I think when I'll take Kelly a pass on that. I, I'm not going to watch it, and I'm sorry yeah, that you, you I, felt I, so I did upset. Want, I, I had the it. opportunity to watch parts of it, um, like you said, and I, I couldn't make it through. I really couldn't make it through it. Uh, how could you? I you mean, without completely guy, dissociating awful. yourself from your humanity. I mean, how could you see that and not feel anything? Or how could you be a person who's doing that and not feel anything? I agree with you. And do you, have you noticed how the police seem to have something in their physical characteristics that's in common with their with their shaved heads and they walk around with their all puffed up and it's, they look like they're ready for battle in Fallujah and it's 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 changed my dad's a retired my dad's 67 he's a retired police officer and uh, from the Phoenix Police Department and I can remember being a child and my dad wore slacks black lace-up shoes and a tie yeah. and a hat wow yeah, a lot of them do come from the military, Mike. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people return from the military and a lot then of become military, paramilitary cops. sensibility involved in the police now. And I, I was w- driving down the street here in Keene. Actually, I, I mostly ride because my wife drives. She doesn't like the way I drive. Um, but I was, you know, looking out the window. There's a security guard out there for the bank with his pants tucked into his boots. And this makes me crazy. Pants tucked into boots. Look. That's for the airborne or, you know, these organizations of highly paid, highly or the highly trained killers. I don't like that among my police officers or my security security guards. I mean, really, you're a security guard at a bank. You're here to serve and you've got your pants tucked into your boots. I mean, it makes me nuts. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. If, If you really think about it, what they're doing by militarizing the police if, if you're in the military, then you must. Your purpose is to fight an enemy. What they're doing is making a clear distinction between us, the people in power, with the with with the guns, us and them. You, enemy. Mike, thanks enemy. so much for the call tonight. Appreciate your thoughts and uh, feel better. <laughs> That's a tough thing to watch that video. Eight five five four fifty free. This is Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. Stay tuned. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. 
It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie here with you. And Mark. And we encourage you to call us and share your thoughts because we love to hear from our listeners. This is a live show. You're listening to the uh, Sunday night edition. We are live actually every single night from uh, 10 p. Excuse me, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, but if you're listening tonight uh, live, you're welcome to call in at 855-450-FREE. Otherwise, we're going to talk about the things that are interesting to us. But uh, Indeed. Yeah, Mark has a message he wants to share. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we have a new advertiser, and it's plainboards.com. If you've got a website or a blog, um, and you know, a one way to augment your website is to add a forum. You can uh, do it in, as I understand, just seconds, at least a couple of minutes to add a, a plainboard forum to your website. It won't compromise the privacy of your users. At, at plainboards.com, they are adamant about uh, personal privacy. Um, it's encrypted and secure. They offer free-to-use anonymous message boards to anyone who wants one. There's no uh, installation necessary and certainly no identification or logging in required. You can start your board in seconds and protect your users' privacy with plainboards.com. Some of the really cr- cool features they have are uh, you can vote on posts, uh, there's a watch list, uh, useful personal history. It's plainboards.com. This is, it's really great. Well, thanks, Mark. And I uh, want to let you know also that Free Talk Live offers all our archives for free. Uh, I think Ian said there you're in the process of upgrading, uh, integrating SoundCloud, which is the Pretty new host for done. the uh, archives. Okay. So maybe that's uh, up on the website right now at archives.freetalklive.com. Uh, but that, at the very least, there are archives going back six years almost yep. for, uh, for your listening pleasure. Free. Yeah. Pretty amazing stuff. So anyway, Mark, I wanted to... Uh, We've been, you know, talking about a couple different, we started a couple different topics, but there was something I really wanted to bring up on the show tonight. And this is, wow, I I just want to see what you think. There's a Florida teacher who has been putting dog collars on uh, the students. And like calls, are we talking choke collars or those kind that you just snap in and they can't really, uh, they don't, don't really shrink down? We're talking like when a dog has surgery or doesn't, they don't want the dog to scratch its head or ears. The cones? And they put a cone on it. I see. Yeah. There's a teacher who's done that with, this, with the students. You know, uh, having grown up in a uh, house where my mom was a, she showed Dobermans, and okay. I, it's just an entirely different experience. Those dogs would get their ears cropped on a regular basis. We, you know, there was always these things going on with dogs. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can imagine some animal rights activists would have considered some of this stuff to just be horrendous, you know, tail docking and ear cropping and things like that. But, you know, these things were, were commonplace for me. But I think putting a cone on some other child's head probably might cross some line somewhere. Yeah, I would think so. I wouldn't want to have a cone put on my head, you know, if I was in school or anytime, you know. Uh, so here's the article from New York Daily News. I don't know why it's from New York, but anyway. Uh, a cone-headed idea, haha, I don't think it's very funny, <laughs> could cost a Florida teacher her job. Uh, some county school officials caught Zephyrilla's high teacher Lori 
something using a cone-shaped dog collar dubbed the Cone of Shame to punish misbehaving students after some teens posted photos on Facebook last, last month. So people actually saw this, posted it on the internet, and now the teacher might be facing some actual accountability. I kind of might be surprised if she loses her job because it's really difficult to fire a teacher, especially if they have tenure, you know, if they're part of a teacher's union. Uh, but maybe the internet helped in this case. Maybe that's how the students can, you know, sort of get some accountability. I mean, this is clearly a, you know, a, a dunce cap situation. Um, and some people, they pine for the good old days when, um, you know, things like dunce caps occurred. And, um, some, you know, some people would pine for that and some people wouldn't. Uh, you know, <sighs> I, I just, I wonder. I think anyone one, who's pining. One, one of well, the problems ahead. I have with public school mm-hmm. is that it doesn't allow for competition in the marketplace of education. And yes, that is absolutely true. I and you're forced to pay for it. This is a bad teaching technique. However, <laughs> how, are, how am I going to get competition in the area of education if I don't support competition in the area of education? Like, it's a really, it's a tough situation for me. I think the teachers need to have more control over their classrooms in the sense that they, you know, the, the better ones can... Really? We'll how about the customers get served? I mean, how about the kids get a little more respect? And autonomy. What I, I, I'm, you're concerned you. about the teachers? I mean, well, I am concerned about teachers having more uh, control in classrooms over their, uh, you know, being a, because a person's going to teach the way that speaks to them best. Yeah, I guess this this one is spoken to by dogs. I mean, <laughs> I don't think this. I mean, you know, this seems like a terrible thing. And if yeah. I, if I was a parent, I'd be like, I, I, I. Well, you see, the thing is, is I don't have the expectation that that people should get education for free. So you would perhaps boycott a school like this, like if you knew that there was a school that was going to put dog collars on your son Jack if if you sent him there. You would choose not to send him there. Absolutely not. I mean, why? Why in the world would I do that? It, that seems it seems nuts. Okay, just to clarify that, because yeah. you said you know you support having free competition in education. I do. <laughs> yep. I think I do think it's true, especially if you know, especially if people experienced a little bit more respect in their own childhoods and peaceful parenting techniques kind of gained more traction, which they are over time. You know that sure. yeah, hitting children is, is direction things are going getting less. Yeah, things are getting more peaceful as time goes on. So I would hope that these techniques would just die out. I mean, the the shaming, the punishment. But you know, I'm I'm kind of just on the other hand, the whole thing of school, the whole uh, environment of schools uh, is really within this sort of like punishment uh, and rewards paradigm. You know, if you're good, you're, you get you, an A. You, by the way, are a pre-med student or I can't even figure out. Not what, pre-med. I can't figure out what you do. Pre-med is college, is college students. Okay. Uh, so I'm in medical school right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you, it's like, you know, a major Ivy League university. So, I mean, you've done the uh, you've done the education thing. I got out in community college. Yeah. I said, you know, this isn't a business model for me where I pay them to tell me what to do. They can pay me and tell me what to do. Yeah. Or I can pay them and I can tell them what to do, but I'm not going to pay them and they, and they tell me what to do. It just didn't work for me, so I left. Yeah, well, I'm realizing that more and more over time. You know, there's no other situation where, you know, students are begging to be accepted and to get to pay tuition to be told what to do and all these gauntlets put in front of them. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, this, the whole system of education uh, and these ideas, you know, come from what the Prussian model of education, right? Yeah. Which isn't really meant to educate people, I guess. <laughs> the problem is, is you take 25 kids, you put them in one place and the expectation is they're all going to learn the same stuff at the same time. I mean, any parent will tell you that kids develop at different 
paces. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, like I'm amazed at my child in the ways that he learns on some things and, you know, how he's he could read much earlier than I could read. He's he's a master at puzzles. But at the same time, other people's kids are better at other things. And it's actually better is not even a term I want to use. They're more developed. Everybody has different talents and different strengths and weaknesses and the expectation that you're going to make this sort of homogeny that goes along just doesn't it doesn't work and it leaves kids behind all the time and the best for me example is math class everybody's been in a situation where i I think at least i certainly have where you get into a you know a a situation in math where you stop paying attention for a couple of days or something like that and then the class left you behind (laughs) and once it left you behind you're like how do i i don't know what i'm doing here i'm just I'm out swimming out in the ocean. I have no right. idea what's going on. And mm-hmm. you may or may not be able to get C's and D's in order to get by by kind of winging it, but you don't understand the concepts as they were they were introduced to you. Mm-hmm. And and you have no choice about whether you whether to be there either. If you don't show up, in some cases now they're jailing parents or at least finding sure. them, you know, for their kids not showing up at school for truancy or whatever. And it it literally becomes more and more every year. Kids like don't day get a present. lot of choices though, because if these a lot of times, parent. I mean, the parents don't understand. They, no. they, they kids think don't it's... get a lot of choices in general. But mm-hmm. at school, it seems even more limited. I mean, you where else do you have to? Where as an adult do you have to raise your hand and ask if you want to go to the bathroom? Where can right. you not choose where you're going to sit in a room full of chairs? I love the where... bells <laughs> ringing, and you're supposed to be doing things, and the bells are ringing. Yeah. you know, I mean, it's. Very sort of Fatry-esque, um, mm-hmm. Pavlovian situation. Yeah, where do you have years. to ask to speak? <laughs> but, it, you know, and I can see why. It, it all comes down to the shoving 25 kids into a classroom. If they didn't ask to speak, it'd be absolute chaos. Everybody's been I don't in know a... about that, because what oh about the Montessori God. schools? What if they're teaching each other and they're interacting with one another? They have to speak there. They, they, they do, absolutely. But that's a different setup. I mean, you've seen these, uh, these government schools when it, they have gone out of control at, at times. <laughs> they sure have. It's Free Talk Live. Tell us what you think. I want to hear your school experiences. Did you get the cone of shame? 855-450-FREE. More coming up. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on meme.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie with you. And Mark. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that's on your mind tonight. We've been talking about this teacher who put a dog collar on her students. Uh, But if you'd like to talk about that or anything else, we're open to discussing it. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Want to remind you also about cam.freetalklive.com where you can see us doing the show live. And you can chat with other listeners, too. And that's exciting. <laughs> Apparently it is, because there's a good number of people that uh, go in the chat room every night when Free Talk Live the is on. Denizens of the cam. Yeah, exactly. We can we can give them a little it's wave a little club. Right yep, exactly. So anyway, Mark, uh, let's get right back into this article about the teacher who's been putting this cone of shame on her students. Uh, so basically the students 
called her out. They put pictures of it up on Facebook, and somebody saw them who had an impact. And uh, let's see, ninth graders at the West Florida school said the 47-year-old science teacher and so, former veterinarian. Uh, Zephyr Hills, yes. Okay, because yes. you said some word that didn't Zephyrillus. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, so uh, being from Florida... And uh, thinking about Zephyr Hills, the first thing that comes to mind is yeehaw. Ah, uh, I see. So you're not surprised that the cone of shame was there. I just, you know, got got the opinion I've got about uh, certain, uh, you know, certain places in Florida. Well, do you think there is some sort of a, a tie-in between? You know, I have to do some more research on this because I've heard in some places that physical punishment and sort of some of these more abusive tactics of shaming, like serious shaming like this, are more common among lower socioeconomic status. But then I've also heard that they occur across every socioeconomic group. You saw what happened with Mitt Romney, um, you know, in the the boys' prep school, holding down that kid and cutting his hair. Well, yeah. I, Ugh, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to speak to it. I can't say, um, you mm-hmm. know, what I, I can't say what is more likely and, and not and with socioeconomic strata or anything like that. Yeah. All I can say is I, I've been through this public school system and I, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Even, you know, private schools don't make much sense to me. I understand parents have they're to the same I've model. Yeah, they're essentially the same model. What I, you know, my wife and I discussed even before we had agreed to have kids, we agreed that if we did have a, a kid or kids, that we would not, that one per- parent would be staying home. Uh-huh. And I made it abundantly clear, it's not going to be me. Okay. I just, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to live that way. You didn't want to do that. Yeah. yeah wouldn't want to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and she was, she was down with it because it just, I, believe it or not. I listened to Dr. Laura on this subject, and I truly, you know, I don't agree with that lady on a lot of stuff, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I do agree clear. with her when it comes to when you're, you know, take on uh, parenting a child. It's an important uh, role that you take, and you need to take it seriously, and I just don't feel like schools, the way that they're designed, the popular sort of version of schools out there is the best way to teach kids. Yeah, well, how could you possibly, you know, attend to the individual needs of each child if there are so many children at the same time and you don't really have the incentives to serve your customers because you're going to have a job no matter what anyway. I mean, heck, you can put a dog collar on them and not get fired, apparently. And then yeah. the students are posting pictures of it on Facebook. So It isn't going to be good for this uh, this lady's, uh, you know, employment situation what's going on here I at the school. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder what will happen. So let me read you a little bit more. I'm not going to say going to be fired, but it isn't good. She's, she was a former uh, veterinarian, so I guess that's how she had access to the dog collar, uh, fastened the, quote, cone of shame on students who arrived late or acted up in class. I was in second period. I was drinking soda, and she said, do I have to put the cone on you? One unidentified girl said in a statement to the school board. See, we didn't even have sodas at school. Uh, I, I think I remembered being able to drink. I mean, what's the problem with drinking a soda unless somebody spills it, but then they can clean it up, right? Well, uh, spillage might be a problem. I don't know. <laughs> we just couldn't do it. Yeah. Ritalin's okay. Soda, no. <laughs> uh, so I didn't say anything and she put it on me, said this this one unidentified girl. Uh, the teacher brought this cone to school after showing the students- only way the, the way to handle this situation is, is, frankly, to choose to have the cone put on you constantly. Because then, you know, once you once you take the power away from the cone, then what's she going to do? 
Oh, I, I don't want to wear a cone. <laughs> Sorry. I got you. But the, the kid is in an impossible situation, though. I mean, it, like, really? It could get put on you for any reason? Uh, she said that she brought the cone to school after showing a movie. I, I don't know what she was doing in class showing a movie, but <laughs> yeah, finest learning taking place at these institutions. Well, sometimes, you know, there's there's things to learn from movies. She was showing the students the Pixar movie Up during a slow day before spring break. Not so kind of slacking off. Uh, the t- that happens. That You know, and those days Oh, I had a great. science teacher who used to show movies all the time, and, you know, the, we weren't learning science in those movies. Beautiful they were like mind. Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, the the 2009 flick featured a dopey dog who was forced to wear a cone of shame. In reality, it's a plastic collar that prevents animals from licking their wounds after surgery as punishment. Uh, She would, anyway, yeah, that's enough. I I think I've heard enough to make up my mind. It's just. You know, it's really fun to see cats in these, um, or cats in any of these situations. I feel bad for them. But I mean, the the reason that these cones exist is because, you know, you can't really reason with an animal you can't communicate with an animal and so if you don't want them to scratch themselves you can't convince them why you don't want them to scratch because you know you're just looking out for their interest by putting this cone on them but with students i mean to put something that goes on an animal on a person you know and to actually call i mean the name is very revealing right because it's meant to shame oh yeah it's just like a dunce cap that's exactly what it is. And, and there's a reason that people stopped using dunce caps, you know, and I think all of these tactics of shaming uh, really need to be seriously reevaluated and, and done away with. Well, the group, uh, I don't, I, uh, I get shame, where you're coming from. Do you think that's an effective way to motivate people to do I better? I think that shame is an effective way to motivate people, but I don't know that it can come from the top down. I think it may, needs to come from the group. I mean, shame is a powerful group dynamic that will, you know, get people to do the things that they, you know, you that think the group are, wants them to do. Do you think there are other ways besides shaming somebody to motivate them? I think that it's, to help them it should be, be some level themselves? of last resort. But mm-hmm. I do think that when it comes down to bad behavior, that like shame is going to be an inevitable result. <laughs> uh, well, maybe. And, and that's a paradigm that I think people learn from things like this. Right. If your teacher shames you when you're so-called bad and if, apparently bad was defined in her classroom as drinking a soda, you know, uh, I mean, really, is that is that does the punishment equal the crime there? I I don't know. I, I no. I I don't even. I, I never know. went to a school where you could drink a soda. So I mean that that in of itself would be a problem. I can't imagine pulling out my 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 lunchbox out of my backpack and then uh, opening a soda in class and drinking it. No, well, I couldn't know, even imagine doing I, that. I went to a government school and I remember there was an incident somewhere in middle school where. You know, it was really hot at the end of the year. We're taking our final exams or mm-hmm. whatever. The teacher's sitting there, you know, drinking a diet soda on her desk. And she has told the kids that they can't drink. They can't have any drinks in class, mm. even water. If we wanted to drink water, we had to go outside and get it like from the water fountain mm-hmm. that everybody's slobbering all over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Delightful little cesspool. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's just blatant a double standard right there. Sure. She's right. she's responsible enough to drink a uh, a soda, but mm. you know, I mean, all you have to do is work in one of these classrooms for a couple of semesters, and you'll probably come to the same conclusions that she has, which is, and this is the difficulty well, when, when you, you force you know, when, people when you together. treat kids like when you treat kids like animals, 
Don't you think they're going to act like animals? I, I think that people are going to act like animals because they are. Um, but I think when you take f- people and you put them in, to me, it's the size of these organizations. I mean, where where in the world, what is this big building full of 1,500 students? That where, looks like a jail. <laughs> they, you know, the, the institutionally built where people have to go and they move around with bells. They raise their hands to, in order to use the bathroom. What does this prepare one for? Mm-hmm. It prepares one for factories, at the t- um, you know, factory work at the turn of the 19th and 20th centuries. Yeah, and why do they have summers anymore? off so that they can work on the farm, right? And, and, and this, harvest. Right. And this goes to show it's antiquated. why you don't have, why government doesn't have any motivation to innovate. I mean, you're talking about a school system here that was made for for life a hundred years ago. Yeah, and yeah, of course, kids are going to rebel against that. And uh, and you notice they, I'm not trying to sound conspiratorial or anything, but like you notice schools, they always say you can't use the internet. Like you, you have to who they. I have no idea what schools tell you about the internet. <laughs> well, when they, I went to school, they were, you know, the, the it was five and five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Ah, uh, yeah. So, and I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, I, you know, I went to school at least when Wikipedia was around, and they were always saying, "Oh, it's not reliable source." You know, don't right. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> always I, get your information from the textbooks that we give educational you. Educational <laughs> organizations hate Wikipedia, whether it's yeah. uh, high school to grad school. They when hate there it. have been actual studies that have been done comparing the amount of factual errors in Wikipedia articles with Encyclopedia Britannica and showing them to be statistically indistinguishable. Hmm. So they both have the same amount of errors. They both had about two errors per article or something, as I, if I recall. Hmm. Which is interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I, why not... I never doubted for a second Wikipedia was a great source. Why it's, not teach kids critical thinking and then let them loose and they can discern what information on the internet is real and which is not with their wonderful criti- critical thinking skills. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You can call us with whatever's on your mind. More coming up on Free Talk Live. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And we are with you seven nights a week. Well, not us, but somebody here at Free Talk Live is with you every single night of the week from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. And we are now launching into the second hour of the show. But if you missed any part of the show uh, tonight, or if you want to hear old shows from other nights, you can always go over to freetalklive.com. The first, uh, the most recent seven shows are right at the top of the page for you. Right. And you can also submit uh, your news stories to freetalklive.com, right? That's that's right. I mean, all the news stories that are there at freetalklive.com are stories that people have uploaded, that, you know, whether they're blog posts or videos or news stories that people have uploaded that they want to share with folks. It's a great way to, for, you know, you to get a lot of eyes on a, on a particular story. A lot of people post a story to their Facebook and make a comment. Well, chances are good that your Facebook doesn't have nearly as many eyes. As, I mean, you'd have to have, oh, I don't know, 60,000 friends in order to get, uh, you know. The I think of- you can even comment on the blog, too, over at Free Talk Live uh, when somebody posts a story. And there is there is the BBS, right, the forum 
uh, right. for Free Talk Live listeners. So lots of great resources over there. I know um, Ian and others have worked very hard behind the scenes on the website over the years. So definitely worth checking out. All right, Mark, we've got a phone call. Let's go to Courtney, uh, who's listening in North Dakota on 970 AM. She wants to talk about the governor of Puerto Rico. That's an unusual topic. Courtney, are you with us? I am. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you are you a male or female? I'm a male. Okay. I, I got confused by your name. Courtney is one of those uh, names that could go either way. Yeah. So tell yeah, us what, tell us what's Gary, on your mind. Gary, and a bunch of other ones. And Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. So please forgive well, me. Go on. <laughs> if, if you're a man named Michelle, you should have a French accent. <laughs> um, you know, just something interesting. I was uh, channel surfing last night. And I was watching, I came across a John Stossel investigates thingy. Okay. And he was talking about, the whole thing was about um, the road to serfdom and our road to socialism and everything like that. And something interesting uh, came up. Um, Everything is not, you know, going so well economy-wise here. But he was interviewing the governor of Puerto Rico, Luis uh, Fortunio. Okay. And when he took office uh, about three years ago, um, they were having a huge problem. Their deficit was uh, something like two or three billion dollars. Wow! And isn't the, uh, just just to clarify, did, isn't the U.S. deficit something like twenty trillion? What what is it? But this right. is Puerto Rico. Yes, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. So I'm um, so Puerto Rico. I mean, you know, it's you know, but this is still interesting because you're still still looking at a lot of states that have deficits too. Yes. Um, yes. And what he did is he ended up firing something like 30-some thousand government workers oh, and wow. cut taxes. I see. And um, what happened is more businesses that had left under the other governor because he raised taxes uh, were coming back. Um, the, the deficit now is close to uh, 300 and some million, and he's looking at a balanced budget in the next uh, couple of years. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You know, you just <laughs> in these times of uh, these difficult financial times, the idea that everybody else out there should cut spending and you know increase uh, taxes. Well, no, I mean for themselves. Oh, oh, how, I see. How does when one the government get out doesn't. of a, a difficult uh, fiscal situation for oneself or one's business? Well, you cut mm-hmm. costs where you can cut costs, and you you don't buy that extra fancy stuff. The Learjet, maybe we'll put that off. <laughs> but you know, with governments, they do exactly the opposite, as if it's going to work. And there's you know there's this whole idea of thought that that works, and from everything I've seen, it doesn't. Yeah. No, and I just thought that was really interesting. I mean, he took a lot of flack for it. Um, I mean, right after he did that, his his approval rating was something like 12% or something ridiculous. Wow, even though he lowered the taxes, he was still disapproved? Well, well, he's, well, you know, you know, almost, uh, you know, you know, 35,000 some people lost their jobs. Yep. I see. Yeah. And uh, all those people have families. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, they've oh, yeah. got they've got families, and I can see why those families don't like that that situation. Mm. But sometimes when you get fired, it's the best thing that ever happened to you because it opens up other doors for you. You know, and to I think a lot of you know they interviewed a lady who you know she was you know upset for a while. Um, she was one of the thirty some thousand people that lost a job, but she ended up opening up her own business, and she's you know doing well. 
Right. And now instead of, you know, instead of getting paid from money that's taken from everybody, you know, by force, then she can make a living on her own and, and get money from customers voluntarily, right? Oh, sure. And I just kind of wonder how many, you know, government officials we'd have to fire to do the same thing on the same level. <laughs> hmm, let's do some math. I, <laughs> sounds like fun to think about. <laughs> You know, Governor Gary Johnson, he was the governor of New Mexico two terms, and that's all he was allowed to do. He was the vetoinist governor in the uh, the history of the United States, as I understand it. Uh, 700 bills, I believe, he vetoed. Um, and his thought is, I guess it's... 43 percent uh was is the budget number that basically they're oh the the you know the the deficit on the the budget is 43 okay. percent he says that every government organization needs to cut 43 percent out of their budget just cut 43 percent and then the you know the next year then everybody would be on target as far as a budget goes i you know i don't know i mean it's difficult when you look at these things as oh well this area is more important than that area but who decides what's more important i wonder whether it's a good idea just to you know to me there's areas that I just get rid of entirely, but other people would consider I think them I very would important. Get rid of a lot of it mm-hmm. <laughs> entirely. And Courtney well, thinks I think, I think I think I would too. And you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I live in North Dakota, and North Dakota, um, we have a booming economy primarily with the oil out west, and we have something like a billion dollars in the bank and a surplus and yep. all kinds of stuff. And and the the controversial measure coming up for our vote is to uh, give people a property tax break. That's and that's controversial, controversial yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it, it really is. I mean, if you, if you look at it, you've got all the people that are renting are saying, well, so my landlord gets a ta- you know, property tax break. But my rent isn't going to go down. And I don't know that that's true. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some competition. All right? the landlords get a tax break, which means that all the landlords are in competition with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it depends on how hard it is to become a landlord and how how many laws there there's are. There's not a lot of housing there. Barriers right now. to entry. Uh, yeah. Buy an apartment building. You're a landlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Courtney, so, yeah. thanks for calling tonight. It's uh, It's been great to hear about that. I did not know much about Puerto Rico before Courtney called. Okay. It sounds good. I I wonder you know, whether they're going to be able to turn it around. Puerto Rico's got the highest crime rate in the United States, but there's a lot of reasons why it's a nice it's place to live. It's not really in the United States, I guess. I mean, isn't it? What? It's a protectorate. Yeah. Um, they they don't have the they they can you know there, there's some votes that they can vote on. I don't think they I don't think they get a voting member of the House of Representatives, but they send somebody there, which makes no sense to me, whatever. But yeah. um, they they can't vote on the president. Not like your vote for the president matters anyway. No, no, it doesn't. There's just too many vo- people voting on who the president is. So. But they do they pay taxes to the U.S. government? I think I'm they sure do, they right? Do. Yeah, in some you level, find or some way to get them. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, you know, I wanted to talk about this article with you. Uh, You had something about a baby being put on the no-fly list. I want to hear about that. Really bizarre stuff. This is from news.yahoo.com. Eric Pfeiffer. Parents of an 18-month-old girl say they were humiliated after being pulled off a plane and told their young child had been placed on a no-fly list. After boarding a JetBlue flight in uh, Fort Lauderdale, the parents of young Rihanna, who asked to uh, remain anonymous over fears of repercussions, I wonder what kind of repercussions they'd have. But of course, I guess the only people that they'd have to fear were the government in that circumstance. Well, they're scared. I mean, most people are scared. They, The government has an enormous amount of power over them. And in this case, they are inhibiting them from catching their flight, right? Yes. Because their baby's name was on no-fly list. 
And what could the baby have done? I mean, really, <laughs> just they can't even talk at that point. Well, it, it, this is the thing: is the TSA wanted? It says right here over fears of repercussions. We're told the transportation security agency wanted to interview their toddler. <laughs> wow! I, I had a friend. I'm speechless. You know, you know what? I'm going to say who, who this was. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Stefan Molyneux of Free Domain okay. Radio. Yeah. I went on a cruise with him to the Bahamas or no, uh, to Bermuda uh-huh. recently. Last year. Last year. November, right. And, uh, you know, they were coming through the customs and he had to go through a different line because he's a, he's, he's a furner. And <laughs> the... And the the person there said, asked his daughter, is this your daddy? She said, no. And I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, no. What's going to happen? I mean, you should not be interviewing two-year-olds wow. by government agents. It's Free Talk Live. Tell us your TSA horror stories. I always like to hear those. Uh, 855-450-FREE. More coming up. If you want to move to the free state you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the porcupine realtor do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealtor.com Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you. And Mark. And uh, we've been talking about a baby who's on the TSA's no-fly list, but I'd love to hear your worst TSA horror stories because, you know, there's so many of them circulating around on the internet, but when we, when one comes from a listener, it just has some extra special meaning. <laughs> oh, people people telling their own stories is compelling. There's no yeah. doubt. Uh, you know, but Maybe if we hear enough of them in TSA, we'll just go away, so right? so many of them out there. I remember about a year ago, maybe it was a year and a half, Janet Napolitano, a uh, big sis, she, um, sh- she was talking about their, you know, TSA doing away with taking off shoes. Uh, where is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still had to take <laughs> off my shoes the last time. You know, I mean... I think they've been talking about that for a while, but no action. Typical just, for government, right? Just silly. Yeah. Anyway, you can weigh in with your thoughts at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. And uh, Mark, let's go right back into the story. All right. So the uh, Rihanna's mother said, I said, what do you want to, it says, I said, for what? Referring to uh, the TSA wanting to interview their toddler. Um, and... <laughs> oh. Did the, you finish, by the way, telling the story about Stefan and yeah, his daughter? Yeah, that was basically it, is that, okay. you know, you can't... So he, but he didn't my, end up in a detention cell, right? He did not. It was just a situation where a government bureaucrat asked, uh, you know, a, I can't remember how old his daughter was at the time. You know, some, sometimes kids say the, no. Like, I could envision that happening. Like, is this your daddy? No. I could envision her just saying no because she just doesn't want to talk to them. Yes, I do know? not want to speak to you. Right. No, yeah, uh, no thanks. I'm not talking <laughs> to you. Unacceptable. All <laughs> right. No is, is pretty much the answer to everything when, when they're at a certain age. No, 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 no. I mean, it's just always no. Yeah, well... It can be a way to for someone to assert their autonomy, right? Because sure. if you say no, that means I'm choosing. I don't want this. You know, I want to make the choice myself. Right. Right. And anyway, uh, going on with the story here, the uh, TSA wanted to interview this uh, toddler, 18 months old, and uh, the mother's like, for what? And he said, well, it's not you or your husband. Your daughter was flagged as a no fly. Apparently, the mother said, excuse me? <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> no fly, eighteen month old. She isn't even old enough to have had some subversive blog or speech. You know, 
Probably Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> really, whose whose decision was it to go in and say, "Oh yeah, well, I guess we got to pull the 18 month old out. She's on the no fly list." I mean, here I'm going to make the executive decision uh, for this agency right now. We don't need to ban any 18 month olds from flying. Yeah. Do you think this is good? I mean, I'd love to hear from somebody who thinks the TSA is is doing a great job at keeping us safe and is necessary. 855-450-FREE if that's you. So whoever's to blame, the parents say they believe the incident began because they're both of Middle Eastern descent and because the wife wears a hijab. I see what's going on. That's a traditional headscarf. Um, A 2011 poll from the Pew Research Center found that Muslim Americans say they believe they're disproportionately singled out by Air Force security officers. Yeah, I don't think they're making that up. I had a friend uh, of Muslim descent and he... You know, we flew together, and this was absolutely the the circumstance. I mean, I oh, I really? watched it happen. Wow! So you know, I mean, I, I I have to agree that this this is likely what the circumstance is. Eventually, the couple were given their boarding passes back. Interestingly, both JetBlue and the TSA, um, they said they weren't responsible for the incident. The TSA says that because the couple and their child had uh, were eventually issued boarding passes, Rihanna could not have been on the no-fly list. The TSA did not flag the child as being on the no-fly list, the group said in a statement to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The TSA was called to the gate by the airline after taking talking to the parents and confirming uh, through our vetting system, the TSA determined the airline had mistakenly had indicated the child was on a government watch list. So, you know, TSA is blaming JetBlue. JetBlue's uh, blaming the TSA. It's hard to know who was uh, yeah. at, at fault here, but it says we're, we were humiliated. We were embarrassed. We were picked on, says Rihanna's father um, to the uh, television station. And I can only imagine. If you're on a no-fly list, I imagine that that the people who have that list in front of them, however they find it out, believe that you deserve to be there. You know, they are not giving you the benefit of the doubt. There's a no-fly list, and then there's a watch list, too. Right. And the watch list, absolutely, uh, that's what they're saying here is, is a mistake. Uh, you know, they're, they're lying because the TSA absolutely, you can absolutely get airline tickets while being on the watch list. Um, the no-fly list, you can't fly. The mm-hmm. watch list, you can fly. They're going to watch you. They just you. watch you fly. And it sounds to me like that's exactly what the what happened here. The family decided to leave the airport rather than return to the flight. Mm-hmm. Imagine how embarrassing it must be to be pulled off an airline and everybody having to wow. wait for you and all this stuff. Yeah, they'll probably never want to fly again. Right. And isn't the airline industry kind of doing poorly? I sure. wonder if this has anything to do with that. Hmm. Thirty um, Down 30%. Yeah. Wow. I can only imagine what it's like. You know, there have been politicians who have been mistakenly on the whatever, the no-fly list. I think it was the no-fly list. I'm trying to remember who it was. I want to say it was somebody who, it was like Ted Kennedy or someone, like before he died, who had this, someone else who was on this no-fly list had the same name as him. And mm-hmm. so the actual politician got stopped at the airport but but they got through no problem yeah, i mean po- they're not going to get harassed because yeah, they all have kinds some privilege of stories there of uh, like nuns and politicians and it's just interesting what happens with different well, if folks you, if you have a um you know if you have a common name or a name that a lot of other people share the same name imagine john smith oh yeah is he's not the, flying <laughs> the, playlist. the most common first name in the world is mohammed um i mean uh-huh you know yeah. what's that like the most yeah. common last name is Chang, but I don't think there's a lot of Mohammed Changs. Maybe. There probably are. Uh, not a lot of them. <laughs> I had a friend uh, in college who had, I, I forget his name, but he had a very common name. I think it was like Matt Brown, and mm-hmm. he had the website mattbrown.com where people could go if that was their name and put in their middle names and compare them and stuff. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. 
I just, I guess he just wanted to meet other people that had the same name. I often get weird people dude. with my same last name on Facebook wanting to friend me. Look, my name's Mark Edge, too. Oh, How really? Interesting. Well, your name isn't Mark Edge. No, it's not. <laughs> it's your radio name. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is pretty ridiculous. Uh, is that pretty much all there is to it? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if we're going to get any TSA stories. One more time, 855-450-FREE. You know, I wanted to kind of switch gears and go into something else. Uh, I was recently on a road trip this weekend with a couple of friends, and we drove through Massachusetts, and I was kind of nervous because I was wondering if we were going to get pulled over. You're a been, Massachusetts. I'm a mass, yes. I Massel. come from, yes, <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, I come from there. I grew up uh, near there and went to undergraduate there. But then I, I'm, I'm really glad that I moved to New Hampshire because I really like living here you know, among the community of more liberty-minded people and, and just the community here in general, you know, and there's, I can feel the difference, you know, when you go Apparently into Massachusetts. you don't feel welcome in Massachusetts anymore. <laughs> well, well, when you go into Massachusetts or New York or Connecticut, you can just feel the state. You know what I mean? Like, it's very oppressive. You know, you you see the signs, click it or ticket. You see the, the, all the roads, you see cops pulling people's stuff out of their vehicles on the side of the highway and you feel the state. And, you know, I, I see that in New Hampshire, too. Really, no doubt about it. It's not the free state yet. We've got a lot of work to do, but it is better and it's noticeable. Yeah, I, I don't think everybody notices those things. They, you know, many of these places that have been a large government intrusion have lots of reasons why you'd want to go. You know, the Massachusetts has the Cape and Boston, and there's pretty some pretty neat stuff there. Yeah, Springfield has, uh, you know, the the Basketball Hall of Fame, and it's I guess where Dr. Seuss is from. And there's reasons to go visit, but. Yeah, but there's also reasons to stay away. So we're going to talk about, there were 900 illegal speeding tickets given out in Massachusetts recently. And guess what the cops aren't doing? They're not apologizing. They're not taking them back. Wow. Yeah. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. I'd love to hear from you about whatever's on your mind. And uh, there's more coming up. Stay tuned. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie with you. And We're so glad that you've joined us this evening, and we would like to let you know that you can call us at 855-450-FREE. You can actually participate in the show. And Free Talk Live is live. It's the Sunday night edition. And if you're hearing us between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern, then you're welcome to call. It is, in fact, call. live. Yes, it is, in fact, live, and you can call and talk to us. And I uh, do also want to remind you over uh, about shop.freetalklive.com. It's a easy and free way to help out the show if you like what we do. You can enter Amazon through Free Talk Live's portal, and they'll get a little uh, referral fee, I guess. It doesn't change the price of your product, but it's a easy way of activism. Yeah. If you're looking for camping, hentai, survival or shooting gear go to manventureoutpost.com they've got name brands at some of the best prices over there whether it's knives ammunition scopes binoculars laser sights tactical flashlights fish finders boating equipment whatever the outdoor enthusiast needs they have it and they have it at some of the best prices you're going to find on the internet 
Uh, they're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Coupon code FTL. All right. Thanks, Mark. Now, I wanted to talk with you about this story coming out of Massachusetts. We kind of teased it last segment, talking about how oppressive it is driving in these places. And, you know, often when you go out of state, they target people whose license plates don't match the place where you are. Right. It's the state easier. police I mean, and others. Think, think about it for a second. As yeah, a they got officer, you where they want you, right? <laughs> you, you know they're not coming back to uh, dispute the ticket. They've either got to pay the ticket or they've got to dispute the ticket. and Or be wanted in that state. I, they, I had a friend who got a large speeding ticket in, I think, Connecticut. This was back when I lived in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And she just refused to go back to Connecticut. She didn't pay it. She didn't do anything, but she just... I think your license can get suspended uh, for mm. those kind of things. There, mean, you there never are know. some states that just don't talk to each other. You know what I mean? Like they they're, they don't have good communication between the governments of those states. And so... I would re not recommend that behavior. Yeah, I know. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying I had... <laughs> it is what some people do, you know? Yeah, indeed. So, uh, you know, my page just refreshed, Mark. I was going to talk about this um, 900 illegal speeding tickets right. given so, out. You know, the, the law the is rules. supposed to be this sacrosanct thing. You have the rule of law in this country. At mm. least people will tell you that. I don't believe it for a second. And uh, the idea that, uh, you know, if a government gives, you know, does something wrong, loopholes, right? There's mm -hmm. always loopholes that you can get through. But these tickets were illegal? Uh, yes, they were. Well, somebody challenged one in court and showed that... Basically, the speed limit that they claimed was there, there was no speed limit there. Or the, the speed limit wasn't what they said it was or, was, or really? something like that. Because they had to do a traffic study in order to determine the speed limit, and they never did the traffic study. Oh, I see. So somebody beat a ticket on that. This but is always interesting, because you believe that these signs that are put on the side of the road are put there by people with white coats that know exactly what the proper speed for that <laughs> particular area is. And it's absolute poppycock. I mean... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, uh, wasn't there... There was an article I... I found somehow a while ago, like a few months ago, saying that actually the speed limits that are posted, it's it's only about 30 percent of people drive at or below that speed. Right. So that means there are 70 percent of people who, if they didn't have any restrictions on their driving, would drive above the posted speed limit. So that creates a big dragnet for potential people to pull over, you know, sure. If if, if any if going even one mile above a an hour over that speed limit is grounds for pulling someone over, then, you know, they could pull over 70% of people. And most people don't exactly heed the speed limit. You know, like a lot of people stay within 10 miles over or something like that, or even five miles over, maybe 15 or 20. And this is why the interstate interstate speeds are, are interesting. They'll have uh, 65 or 70 on uh, interstate speeds. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are comfortable driving 80 miles an hour or, you know, 75 miles an hour or something like that. And you'll yep. see people get 90. comfortable. <laughs> well, I, you know, if you if you go look at the Audubon in Germany or even, you know, traffic in, in Montana, which used to have no daytime speed limit, mm -hmm. you'll see there's an upper limit with what people tend to be comfortable with. Yep. And there's every once in a while, there's some speed demon that wants to go along in the left lane and just keep on going and as fast as they can. And I'll agree that I consider that to be dangerous behavior. But, the but vast you know, it's, it's the whole rewards and punishments thing, because the thing that keeps you from driving too fast, whatever quote too fast is, whatever arbitrary number that is, should be your concern for your own life and safety and your car and your property and other people's, right? It shouldn't be the fear of getting caught. And when it's the fear of getting caught, that means that people will try to avoid being caught. 
So they'll slow down when they see a cop. They'll get radar detectors. They're not interested in their own safety anymore. They're just trying not to get caught. Right. You know, when I look at the interstate, what I find to be the most dangerous are people that are going too slow. If you find that guy that's pulling <laughs> the boat um, yeah. and he's over in the right lane and he's clogging up, you know, people need to then. You then know, you got to pass them or stop. Pass or, and, yeah. You know, it can be very tough, mm-hmm. you know, in places where there's only two lane roads, you know, one going one way, one going another. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody who's going slower than people would like. People do all kinds of crazy things to get past that person. I just had this circumstance happen recently, and you know, you just you can sort of you know pull yourself away, look at the circumstance. I tend not to pass. I prefer not to pass um, on, mm-hmm. in those circumstances, but sometimes I will if the person's going too slow. Yeah, you want to stay away from the 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 people who might be dangerous if possible, but sometimes you have to figure out how to do that, and it yeah. can be hard. Okay, let's talk to Adam. He's calling from Fargo, North Dakota, listening on 970 AM, I believe. And he wants to talk about the TSA. Oh, goody. Yes, Adam, sir. do you have a story for us? <laughs> yeah. It, I uh, didn't quite get to my phone in time to call earlier, but That's okay. I don't really have a TSA horror story as much as it's Well, good. I'm, I'm glad so. that you don't have a horror story. I, I'm happy for you. <laughs> well, it, it's more of amazement that when I was in college a few years ago, I took a couple of trips to Austria and then Germany, okay. which each trip had, I'd say, a grand total of six intra-U.S. flights before I got out of the country. Wow. wow. And You were trying to get a, che- I, a cheap ticket and you had a lot of transfers, maybe? Well, I was, I was with a large group. I see. Both uh, times, and I think this must have been the best way that they were able to accommodate all of us. And one thing that amazed me is the bag that I used for my carry-on was the, the same backpack that I use when I go biking or skating. And so I had a couple pliers, a wire cutter, some Allen wrenches, a couple of screwdrivers, basic, basic things that I might need if I'm out and about and I need to make a quick repair. Oh, I can see where this is going. <laughs> Go on. Believe it or not, I went through eight U.S. airports before someone in Amsterdam stopped me and said, what are these tools that you have? Oh, my. (laughs) Wow. And then how do you get them back? They're keeping us safe. (laughs) And and I was confused. And I I, I said, I I have no idea what you're talking about. I I forgot these were in my bag. And... um, I don't care. Keep them if you want. I've got a 10-hour layover that I need to prepare for. Can I go take a nap? And they finally eventually let me go with the, well, it's clear that you're not doing anything stupid. And I was just amazed that when I stopped and I thought about it afterwards, thinking there are all these people that are getting harassed for nothing. And here I've been going through with some things that the TSA would consider very dangerous, and they've been ignoring them. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, they're they're busy throwing away water bottles, but uh, you know, when whenever we get a news story, and the, the TSA is kind of tight lipped about testing itself with its red team, but at, whenever we get a red team news story, it's they leak, yeah, seventy five percent, eighty percent, a hundred percent of guns, knives, and bombs that they've tested themselves on mm-hmm. with their own team they miss yeah and it, and and then they focus so on busy looking you know picking over picking up pennies that they're stepping over hundred dollar bills yeah you know they harassed me for chopsticks once 
I had some chopsticks in my purse that I was taking through. They Any considered them a will tell weapon. You that they've gotten lighter after lighter through the TSA, and this was the one thing that was statutorily disallowed. Um, I mean, so it's actually yeah. against the law to carry a lighter. Yeah, through. and who doesn't have an extra lighter if they smoke cigarettes? You know, somewhere in their person, yeah, right? It just, it just happens. Mm-hmm. So, Silly. Adam, that's a great story. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, just the. I, I was thinking of something to comment about the speed limit and. Oh. In, uh, okay. Well, if you if you want to hang on the line with us, uh, we'll let you get to it in just a moment. More when we come back with uh, with Adam. He wants to talk about speed limits. I have some more thoughts on that too. I think it's an interesting topic. Who hasn't sped? If you've never broken the speed limit, you might want to give us a call. 855-450-FREE. And there's more Free Talk Live on the way. Stay tuned. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you tonight. And Mark. And we are your hosts this evening. We'd love to hear from you about anything that is on your mind tonight at 855-450-FREE. We've solicited, you know, TSA horror stories, TSA interesting stories. Adam had a good one in the last segment. And uh, we're going to go back to him because he wanted to talk about speeding, which we had also been discussing previously. Adam, tell us about speeding. Well, one thing that I found pretty interesting is I don't remember if it was last spring or the spring before. Uh, there was an independent effort to figure out what speed limits should be on a fairly busy thoroughfare in Fargo. Okay. And they have, they have a, I saw a few pieces of equipment that they had planted out into the road I drive regularly to. And they determined that the average speed most people were driving was about 35, even though the posted limit was 40. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, yeah, and the first thing that came to my mind was, I wonder if they accounted for the fact that the lights on this road are so badly timed that oh, yeah. people were sitting for significant periods of time. Oh, maybe, and that pushed and, down the average, yeah. Maybe a median would have been a better measure, huh? Yeah, and and it just seemed ridiculous to me, especially since there, this road doesn't have dedicated right-turn lanes, and there's a lot of right-turning off of this road. All I can think is, this, this study was badly skewed. Yeah, well, that's a great point. And right turn lanes really will speed things up. And, uh, you know, having moved up here to the Northeast where they think that traffic circles are the answer to everything, you know, I <laughs> I, I, I kind of like them. <laughs> you know? I, I don't like them. I, I feel confused by them, especially they're difficult when you're trying to follow directions and it's hard to tell which one to get off at. You know, you end up circling around a bunch of times. I've done that in Keat before. Um, you know, but Adam actually was curious. You said it was an independent study that was commissioned to determine the, the average speed. I wonder if it was like a connected, you know, a government connected company, maybe not the police themselves, but somebody who had a sweetheart deal or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure how independent it was, if it's one of the uh, situations where it's the, uh, the city 
worked, like hired their engineers. Yeah, as as independent contractors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know exactly how it was, so I, I always take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, but and how are they like measuring the speed, by the way? Amazing. Do you know how I what method? I, I don't know for sure, but I did see that there were a few of those of those uh, pieces of equipment that they drape across the road to get an approximate estimate of how fast someone is going in between a couple of certain places, you know, over like an eight-foot span and using that to average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, all in all, very much an eyebrow-raising thing, even though it, they, they seem like they're trying to at least make some sort of positive impact. Mm-hmm. It's, so it seems the- like... It seems like they make speed limits in most places too low because most it, it you know traffic tends to move at faster than the speed limit. Well, and it seems like based on this report and also based on what we know, you know, the fact that most people tend to not to speed to go over the speed limit, it seems like people ignore them. You know, largely. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they you know they they, they bring out these uh, speed cameras in order to give everybody a ticket. It's uh, it, it could it could be shown that these are just revenue generating mm. tools that they have. Yeah, I mean those are famous in uh, Arizona. They have those cameras that just mail you a ticket basically, and that's a private company that's doing that, and they they're get getting a cut. they're getting a cut of it. Yeah. So Adam, uh, thanks for the call tonight. That was an interesting discussion. Let's go to Ed. He's listening in Tennessee, and uh, Ed, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, <clears throat> hey, Stephanie, Mark. Hi. What's going on? Hey, uh, Mark, shame is a killer. Um, I'm so against shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shaming people for acts they commit. As we know, all brains are not the same. Well, I, I, <laughs> you know, I guess I'd, I'd have to hear more life. because I, I now, certainly... Ed, are you talking? are you saying this because you heard us talking about the teacher who put the dog collar on the students? Yes. Okay, yeah. And you asked, I, Then you asked Mark about shame. Yeah. Yeah, said, we were talking well, about well, shame. He did say last resort, so I, I had to give it to him, but... He did say last resort. Now that I think about it, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just it's I'm something that's going to happen. Again, so. Well, just because it's going to happen doesn't mean you have to support it or think it's good, right? I don't know. Right. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't. Lots of things happen. There's, there's lots of things that people do, and I don't want to talk to them as a result. So I, you know. Okay. Yeah, well, that brings up an interesting point, because a lot of times in liberty circles, I hear talk about ostracism, right? Like mm-hmm. as if it's the solution to all problems. If somebody does a crime or does something that you don't like, you just ostracize them. And I, I think it's a lot more nuanced than that. I mean, for one thing... To me, there's a difference between ostracizing someone, which involves shaming them, right, and being publicly telling other people, hey, this guy's bad, don't associate with him and that, and and just distancing yourself from somebody for your own safety and maybe telling a few friends for their safety. You know, there's there's a difference between those two things because one involves a big element of shame and the other one doesn't. It seems like it's a continuum to me. Um, it, that there's sure. Okay. Small ostracism versus big ostracism. I'm not going to spend my time. No, there are not that many people. And not that many actions that are important enough for me to spend my time, you know, talking s about somebody. Just don't have the time. But there aren't a lot of people that uh, that I find so interesting that I want to hang out with them. And you know, at some point or another, somebody does something, and you're like, I, I don't think I want to spend my time hanging out with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't actively go out of your way to shame them. That's what you're saying. I, you know, d- depriving them of my glorious presence is shame enough. 
Yeah, that could be argued too. Yeah, especially when you're talking about um, a parent and a child. You know, some parents think that it's well. I don't want to hit my kids, and I don't want to send them to timeout, but I'll just ignore them if they're quote bad. And I think that those are all in the same vein. You know, because because in some ways, ignoring somebody like a child who needs you as a parent is a form of punishment and a form of shaming. Well, I mean, they'll in some cases work act worse in order to get your attention. Yes, that's true. So shaming doesn't work. <laughs> In that situation. I don't know. Ed, what do you think? Uh, no. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, just like you say, why don't you apply what you say about economics as you do relationships? Mm. More freedom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more why freedom, want, voluntary uh, interactions. Hey, why do we, hey, Stephanie, Mark, why do we want all this discipline on children? You should be speaking for indiscipline. I don't know. I mean, you know, I've got to live in the same house as the kid, and that doesn't just because I don't believe in spanking doesn't mean that uh, you know my child can rule my life. Um, you well, know, I'm I mean, that. we well, all have a, to get together. Oh, oh, there's I a difference. Ain't anything about that? What are you talking about? Because if you don't, if you don't have some level of discipline, the kid's going to try to run everything. Well, but what do you mean when you say discipline, yeah, you're though, Mark? Because four year old, aren't you? Five year old, four year old now. But I've uh, I've okay. had the experience of saying, all of them. Uh, Hold it. We, I wasn't getting into that. You said he runs everything anyway, right? Pretty much. I mean, you know, the center of the house. Mm-hmm. At least I'd like the tyrant to be benevolent rather than uh, than the but malicious. But so it, it, clearly if you thought that hitting him or hurting him or in some way or, or shaming him would, would work, would create a better situation, then you would do that, right? But you don't. It doesn't seem to work. Um, you mm-hmm. know, those don't seem to be effective uh, tools from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that I... I, I, mean, I Hey, Stephanie, Mark, why well, look at why would you want to shame a child? That's I'd a, just be yeah. supportive, you know, and let it go. You know, whatever he does, just tell him, say, you got your own mind, your own brain, I'm for you. Well, I, I try to uh, tell I him what I think. Good. I'm not talking about a four-year-old now. That's a whole different matter. I can handle a four-year-old. Well, there are there are a lot of people, Ed. Terrible twos, I love them. You know, Ed, there are lots of people out there who, who think that shame is good for children, like it'll give them morality. Like, for instance, I'm talking about the people who tell their children, if you do this, if you're bad, you're going to go to hell, you know? Right. Yeah, just, I, it's just stupidity. But, but at, at the Thomas Paine quote I love, Time makes more converts than reason, hmm. and that is so true. It, it's just people will evolve. In other words, if there's thirty percent of the worldwide population that you know is enlightened about these kind of subjects, in the near future they'll be fifty percent to seventy percent to eighty percent. You know what I'm saying? Just hmm. evolve over time. You know, it does seem like over time that that. All kinds of things are getting more peaceful, you know, around the world. Parent, parenting techniques are becoming more peaceful generation by generation. And uh, I'm hopeful. Actually, fewer people are, as a percentage, are killed by war, uh, you know, as time as time goes by. And I think Is that that's that just because there are more people being born, though, the, the population? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey Stephanie, Mark, what I want to talk about, though, is this privatization of prisons for juveniles. And oh, you please. Want, yeah. You want to read this. Uh, it's on alternate, but the unbelievable brutality unleashed on kids in for-profit prisons. Just like, you know, I think I talked to y'all last week, I can't remember one week, two weeks ago, but uh, mm. about kids being brutalized, and this proves it right here, and this judge oh, yeah. uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, you know, of course, in the southern state. 
Ed, you know, I'd like to I'd like to hear more of this, and I, I hope you'll be willing to hang on the line with us. We're going to hear more about the privatization of these prisons. Ed said last week that they break the kids' fingers, and uh, I'm I'm stunned. Maybe there's one. Maybe there's a story or two of that happening. I, I have read, haven't read them. I'm sure Ed will let us know. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is our number. Call us and participate in the show. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you. And Mark. And we'd love it if you called into the show as we kick off the third hour of tonight's program. We'd love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Want to also remind you uh, about amp.freetalklive.com. It's a good way to help out the show for the cost of a cup of coffee. That's what Ian always says. And I think it's very persuasive because it's true. Just and that's a month. $3 a month. That's nothing. Yeah, and you get you like, perks. If you like what Free Talk Live does, um, the AMP program, really great way to help us out and uh, help spread the word. It's, it's hugely important. And frankly, Free Talk Live is where it is today, which is on more than 100 radio stations, 2XM channels, and uh, ubiquitous on the internet in, in some ways. Well, at least very popular on the internet. I shouldn't go so far as to say ubiquitous because of the AMP program. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, please share uh, your favorite episode once a week on Free Talk of uh, Free Talk. That Live costs on you absolutely nothing, yep. and you get to share a show that you enjoy. Hopefully, if we make it entertaining enough yep. with your friends and the things you buy online, buy from our advertisers and use uh, the the shop.freetalklive.com link where you can go to Amazon and buy all those things that you normally get on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. And Free Talk Live gets a cut, and you don't get any more costs. Shop.freetalklive.com. We don't ask much, but we do appreciate it when people uh, show their their appreciation for the show as well. So let's go back to Ed. He's wanted to talk about juvenile prisons and sort of the corruption in those. And uh, Ed, let us know what else you wanted to say. Okay. Uh, the Walnut Grove Youth Correctional Facility near Jackson, Mississippi, was known for a culture of violence and corruption. And Judge Carlton Rees issued a blistering court order that says uh, this GEO group that ran Walnut Grove has allowed a cesspool of unconstitutional and and humane acts and conditions to germinate. Hey, these kids weren't only uh, being violated physically. Look, it's said by youth and guards and the gang affiliations and and all the drugs and all this stuff. They just let it all go. But it said what really got the judge was the uh, uh, sexual, it said the brazen sexual misconduct by prison staffers who coerce youth Oh no! Was among the worst he's seen in any facility Ugh. anywhere in the nation. Wow! Yeah, and it's when you're in an environment it. like that as a as a child or anyone else, I mean, and there's all this abuse happening, they learn that that abuse is the norm, and then they do it to other people, and it perpetuates. It's like a cycle of abuse. 
Yeah, you know, it was uh, very strange. I I was in prison for eight years, and uh, I would run the Operation Turnaround program, which is they take young people, usually males, um, that are having trouble with the law. They walk them through the prison. They give them a little tour, and then they talk to a convict. That was me. And they, you know, it gives them some level of experience. And the officers would try to whip the inmates up when these guys would walk through in order to, you know, let's let's give them a real good scare, guys. You know, that kind of thing in order to Oh, uh, this was them. a scared straight kind of thing. Well, yes, to some extent. I mean, it was modeled after that, but it didn't, you know, I didn't take anybody's shoe when I was talking to them. I just tried to give them some idea of what it was like to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very difficult to give them, like, what it's like to be there because it's kind of like being in a war zone where it's, you know, mostly boredom punctuated by, um, you know, a few instances of terror and how do you how do you put that you know across to somebody and is yelling at them and you know does you know that you desire them for sexual intercourse a good way to prevent them from coming to jail i i know that i did meet up with some kid there at the prison that had gone through and had me speak to him previously you know he came through maybe a year and a half later so apparently it didn't work on him yeah and and that sort of goes in with the whole shaming thing doesn't it because aren't those programs designed to shame and scare and scare put the fear of God? Who into knows, them, right? But who knows what works and who doesn't? I mean, I think that any attention to kids that are in those circumstances is, is a good thing. What's the best way for? Well, probably. Who knows? Why are they there? I mean, they need some help. They need some compassion. Somebody who really cares about them. But a lot of them don't have that. Right. Sure. Yeah. But but Stephanie, Mark, what I think a lot of these kids get in there that are not that are doing no more than any other kids anywhere else. But what it is is they're poor, the families are overwhelmed, or the parents can't handle them. You know, they don't really know how to handle children, so they call the cops. As you know, the worst thing you could possibly do, and they're really no different. And then they get thrown in here in these jails, and like it says here in this article, that as long as they stay in the juvenile system, they won't get raped as much. I mean, isn't that something? We get our juvenile. Yeah, that as much. I mean, adults. the fact that they're just trying to reduce the amount of rape instead of thinking about trying to eliminate it. <laughs> that's yeah, and, that's a and dire. And uh, yeah. what Mark said about what works. See, this is what I'm getting at. I'm not trying to make anything work. Leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Just leave them alone. If they're mentally ill, then we try to help them. But a lot of the stuff they do, just leave them alone. Time will take care of it. I don't want to try to control and, and well, you know, perfect order. What, what's the quote? Perfect order leads to perfect horror. Mm-hmm. You can't have perfect order. And I asked, why would you want it? Mm. Yeah, and, and the consequences to trying sometimes are, are really dire. It's but, tyrannical. You know, Ed, I wonder how many people... A little, I, w- I wonder how many kids are in those places because they maybe tried some drugs or something like that. They got right. caught with drugs. Except they get caught right. And then the parents, but the, but the ones with more money, their children never hardly go to these places. Yes. Except the ones with a lot of money that want to get rid of them. Now they will send them, you know, to certain, uh, boarding schools. Uh, yeah. Well, those can have some of the same a higher class place. Those can have some of the same problems. Didn't we just talk about yeah. the whole Mitt Romney but, was but holding it, it, down that kid and cutting his hair off because he was gay. Right, or we won't hear about it yeah. in the wealthier places, but in the oh, yeah. the places that under investigation like this, in the juvenile places, the kids are brutalized. I mean, it's insane what we do. Half of these kids, 
Kids shouldn't even be in there. I mean, I would love to watch the, the cases go on. So this is my speak. concern with what you're saying, though, Ed, is um, whether they're in the institutions or out of the institutions, if you let a kid go, then they may very, you know, because my experience in high school um, and, you know, junior high and those kind of things is one of being picked on. And I, that's why I don't like the idea of just letting kids do what the kids are going to do. I think it's, uh, I think well, that if you Well, but nobody's in these places for bullying other kids, behavior. though. I'm not talking right? about these places. I said outside hey, Mark, of these places. But, but see, you just said that people are getting bullied. They're doing it now, but they're trying to control it, right? Yeah. And they can't control it. You cannot legislate everything, every act, no matter if it's bad. I'm not saying I'm for it. Well, and, but and I'm don't for you think more freedom? Ed, do you think that more tyranny? If there's no place for a kid to go to, uh, you know, to, to to talk to somebody about the bullying that they're get going to get, and those people take some kind of action against that bullying, they're going to take action on their own, and that's you're going to run into a Columbine situation. Well, but and why is there well, bullying though? That's another important are, question to ask. Where does rare. the hey, uh, Ed? Hold, hold on one sec. I want to make a. Ed, I want to make one point. Why is there bullying in the first place? You know, I, do you I, think that I kids repeat th- the behavior that's done to them? Why, why but, do chimpanzees kill other chimpanzees out in the the wild? I think you know. You it's, think it's, it's instinct? Competi- it's a competition for resources, from what I can tell. The bonobos don't. <laughs> What's that? Bonobos, right, the bonobos don't, don't the bonobos because they have don't kill each other. They all, they just right. all have sex. Right. Well, right. agreed. <laughs> that's and what we should be the doing. Right. Females ain't giving it away. <laughs> so I mean, you've got a competition for resources, and if that resource maybe because is, they're shamed for enjoying uh, sex. Indeed, there's this <laughs> this whole dynamic. So let's address the root problem, though. I mean, you know, kids encounter a lot of bullying from adults and from their schools. Up to monkeys. I'm from the mo the the monkey scopes trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ed. They, <laughs> Ed, thank you so much for the call okay. tonight. Appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that kids experience not only bullying from other kids, but they also get bullied by their parents. They see their parents bullying other people, and they see the government bullying their parents. Well, you have to pay for this school. You have to pay your taxes. They, the parents, don't have any say about that. Right? I don't so know they, what the kids see see from the government, but I do think that there's a there's a culture of threats um, that that you know go, that goes all around, and yeah. I think that more freedom would probably result in better behavior from everybody. But I don't. I never discount uh, that sort of animal instinct that lies at the bottom here, and I think that it needs to be controlled. I think that you control, you can, tr- you try to control people who might murder. You should try to control people who might steal. You should try to control people who might harm others. Yeah, I, you know, I think human liberty is a really great thing, but it needs to be addressed. Yeah, I think sometimes when people have a really tough life you know they have a lot of trauma they kind of lose the ability to control themselves right or they don't know what normal is and so they they don't i think that uh, a lot of times people are taught that uh, that the strong the might makes right and so therefore they'll try to be the mightiest in, yeah. the, in the group and it doesn't work yeah those lessons are very prevalent in culture it's free talk live tell us what you think how would you solve the problem of bullying it's free talk live 855-450 free more coming up The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends, you like Free Talk Live, like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook.
Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. So glad you're with us tonight. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. Yes. And we love to hear from our listeners at 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. And I want to remind you uh, just real quick that I actually do not just... I I co-host Free Talk Live every Sunday night, but I actually also have my own show. It's called Pork Therapy, pork with a C like a porcupine, porktherapy.com. And it's a show about uh, personal freedom and relationships, liberty, psychology. So if you want to hear that, head over to my website and I give away my archives for free too. So it's got the the Free Talk Live model. Yes, ex- I I have to say I'd taken a lot from Free Talk Live, and I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be doing the show probably if it weren't for Free Talk Live. So thanks for that. And uh, also want to let you know about the Free State Project. The reason my show is called Pork Therapy is because the porcupine is sort of like a unofficial libertarian mascot, I guess you could say. Those yep. who are in the know sort of know <laughs> recognize what that is. Uh, but you know, I live uh, in New Hampshire, as do you, Mark, and we both moved here around the same time, uh, nearly five years ago to pursue more freedom in our lives. And that's what it's been about since we've been here, and I really enjoy it. That's what the Free State Project's about. It's about moving 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to one state so they can actually have some kind of effect on the the greater society there in that state. And so far, you know, it appears as though it's ramping up. Uh, things were successful, I wouldn't say. More than 1,000 people here in New Hampshire, they couldn't wait. You know, they came to pursue more freedom now. And I guess more than 12,000 have signed up and pledged that they uh, are planning to move to New Hampshire. more than 12? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, I heard Ian say that the other night. I haven't checked the counter. Maybe I'll regret saying that. But <laughs> but it's a lot of people. So uh, you can find out more about that at freestateproject.org. And Not also quite one- 12. Okay. Well, is it close? 11,808. Okay. Well, that's good enough for me. Well, maybe you can push it over to 12,000 if you go and sign up at the Free State Project. Freestateproject.org. Absolutely. And by the way, check out happyporcupine.info. Porkfest is coming up. Notice I mentioned the porcupine thing because it's the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That's right. It's uh, happyporcupine.info for more about Porkfest. And it's a camping festival that's happening June 18th to the 24th. Mark, you and I will actually be there the night before it starts on the 17th of June. And uh, that's coming up on a month away. It's really coming up fast. And I'm very excited about that. So see you at Porkfest. I'll be there. And Mark, you'll be there too. Indeed. With your family. Yep. So, okay, Mark, you know, we were talking about the speeding article. We never really got into it. Do you want to revisit that? Okay. This is kind of interesting. So uh, I'm going to read you from this article from boston.cbslocal.com. And by the way, this is a CBS website, so it's going to refresh. So if I lose my place, we'll we'll, we'll try to talk. You know, one of those things, uh, the little trick that I've learned, uh-huh. and you, I haven't had a chance to tell you about it, is I just cut and paste all the uh, verbiage Ooh, and I one. put it on a Word document. Refresh la- that, CBS. <laughs> yeah. They should know if they want their articles to be read on radio shows. You know, they should really do better web design. Maybe they want it to refresh so that if they put new information information up that uh, people won't be getting old information. I don't know. Perhaps. So, okay. Um, let's see. This article is from, I guess, a Boston local. Oh, I, I mentioned that already. So the I-Team, which is their investigative team, I guess, has uncovered a story that affects hundreds of drivers who have paid hefty speeding fines over the past two years. All of the tickets were written on a new road in Salem called the Bridge Street Bypass, a road uh, that Chester Chalapowski of Beverly knows well. So they're interviewing this guy who beat the speeding ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, his familiarity with the road did not, however, prevent him from getting pulled over for speeding back in September. The officer told him he was doing 52 in a 35 and handed him a ticket for $170. Wow. Uh, Chapolowski argued in court that the ticket was written illegally and he won. Here's why. According to state law, 
Before a speed limit can be posted on a new road, state transportation officials have to conduct a traffic engineering study to determine what speed limit is most appropriate for the road. So they're having the, their own, you know, <laughs> state uh, transportation officials, hmm. uh, you know, can do conduct the traffic engineering study. So you can kind of tell how that's going to come out. Right? Yeah. Um, so the Massachusetts Department of Transportation website clearly states that any speed limits posted without a study are illegal and unenforceable. So they even have that on their website. I guess this guy took that information, went to court, and actually won. So this is one of the instances of a rare I'll victory. I bet you there's a lot of instances where they don't do any kind of study. They just slap up a speed limit. Oh, absolutely. Um, it kind of surprises me in Massachusetts. I mean, so, you know, even if they have a law to say, well, you have to do a study before you can post a speed limit, you know, they can kind of get around that by hiring their buddies in the engineering department of the state and just, you know, hey, guys, make it a little lower so we can bump up our revenue, right? Yeah. I, you know, it seems like most speed limits are too too low to me. Uh, yes. Uh, so Chapulowski did some digging and t- discovered that the study was never done for the Bridge Street bypass. And that is the argument he made in Salem District Court before a judge, the officer, and the officer that wrote him the ticket. The judge agreed and found him, quote, not responsible. So I guess this is not, different than not guilty. Not responsible. Never heard of that before. I haven't heard that either. He was off the hook. The I-Team, the, this this uh, newspaper, wanted to find out how many other drivers got slapped with fines on the roadway, so they obtained hundreds of pages of citations written by the Salem police. That's kind of unusual to file a FOIA request or a whatever. In New Hampshire, it's called a 91A, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know what Freedom it is. Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, essentially. Uh, so it's kind of unusual for them to kind of go after the police departments. Uh, they said they found in 2010 and 2011, 896 drivers were fined a total of more than $175,000. Wow. Tell me that's not a line item on somebody's budget. I can't believe there were almost 900 people who all got speeding tickets on the same road and none of them really bothered to challenge it. Uh, well, they, they, I, you know, who, how are, even if they do challenge it, yeah, they they're not likely to succeed. Knowing that, uh, that this, you know, whatever wasn't done, the study wasn't done, and then making the argument. This guy did a lot of research and managed to, to beat it. But frankly, by the time he did all his research and he was getting paid $10 an hour, he probably has more than $19, 19 hours into this. It's mm-hmm. you know I mean when you fight a ticket the You're reason lose, that they make yeah. tickets the prices that the, the price that they make tickets is because well the reason they price anything is they want to make it so that uh, it's the exchange they can get is the most that it. they can but people will still pay it yeah. right and mm-hmm. you know I mean if if the ticket was a thousand dollars you might spend more time trying to figure out how to get out of it than if it's a hundred dollars or if it's mm-hmm. ten the parking tickets here in downtown Keene are five bucks that's because they don't want you taking it to court. Yeah, but you did take one to court, didn't yeah, you? Lost that too. They must have oh. spent five hundred bucks going after me for the uh, the five. But what did I spend? Wow. Yeah. So. Anyway, so uh, let's see. When we asked the Salem police about it, or they asked the Salem police about it, they told us they're just enforcing the signs posted by the state. Ah, oh, just doing my job, right? Yep. Uh, the state, of course, the law says that they shouldn't. Uh, that it, it's illegal for them to enforce those uh, those lines. So I mean, apparently there there's probably no uh, you know they, they make these laws and then there's no punishment for them because they're not going to make a punishment for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, that that's exactly it because the transportation administrator acknowledged to this this uh, news organization that a mistake was made. Now. I don't Mistakes know, but, were made. Yeah, Not by me. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. I think language is important. Mark, and when I hear something like, well, mistakes were made, that just says, but not by me. Yeah, right. I'm not taking any responsibility for this. I mean, this guy is the Department of 
transportation administrator. So maybe he didn't know that this traffic study wasn't being done, but you'd think he'd you know, he may, that may be part of his job, right? To be current on those things. You would think that would be part of it. If he's in charge, then it's his fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, mistakes That's why we made. have somebody in charge <laughs> so that we have somebody to blame. Right. And, but he said, uh, he said. the government means you never have to say you're sorry. He acknowledged that the tickets were not legal, but he said, don't expect a refund check. They'll have to fight the tickets in court if they got one. Mm-hmm. Wow. 900 people, $200,000. All, all for nothing. It's Free Talk Live. Uh, tell us your speeding ticket experiences. I'd like to hear about some of those. Maybe that'll generate some calls. Uh, it's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. More coming up. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie with you. And Mark. And we thank you for joining us. 855-450-FREE is the number if you want to call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. And uh, Mark, tell us about the coffee thing. Oh, well, we have, <laughs> we have a new advertiser. Um, it's O'Neill Coffees. You can go there and uh, they've got forty more than 40 different varieties of gourmet and flavored coffees. They roast each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. My favorite happens to be the French roast decaf, but, you know, obviously everybody's got their own thing when it comes to coffee, and I'm sure you'll find each one of these. I mean, gourmet is one of those terms that's just tossed around when it comes to coffee, but you know, this is some of the best coffee you're going to be able to, to buy, and the it's really very cost effective. It's like seven bucks per, I think, twelve ounce package. For oh, some wow. reason, they put them in twelve ounce packages instead of pound packages, and I guess it has to do with the the shipping. Um, it makes it easier in some way um, or another. Well, if you drink coffee, you want to keep getting fresh coffee, right? Every so often, so it doesn't go stale. Right? Yeah, of course, it's in those uh, those mylar bags that uh, keep mm-hmm. it fresh. And for orders of seventy five dollars or more, you can get a free mug and free shipping. And support great coffee craftsmanship at coffee.freetalklive.com. It's coffee.freetalklive.com. It's O'Neill Coffee at O'NeillCoffee.com, but sometimes it can be hard to spell O'Neill. So we, we I have no clue there. how you would spell that. Right? Well, there's a different, different ways to spell it. It's uh-huh. coffee.freetalklive.com. Most people can wing that. There you go. Yeah. You know, it is actually... I I always like it when I have the chance to support a business. Like if I'm going to buy coffee anyway, or if I'm going to buy XYZ anyway, I always prefer to get it from somewhere that, you know, maybe share some of my ideology to begin with. Uh, You know, a lot of people want to know where they can uh, support these uh, liberty oriented uh, businesses. Yeah, I want them to succeed. Yep. Absolutely. Well, this one's third generation. I think they're going to succeed. Good. <laughs> the question okay. is, are they going to continue advertising on Free Talk Live? And the answer is only if they sell enough coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope so. So anyway, if you want to sort of make that part of your life, you know, some, like you can't go to, uh, there are some things that you just can't get from somebody that you know is into Free Talk Live or whatever, Liberty. Uh, but if coffee is one of them, hey, that's great. Yep. Okay. It's good coffee too. You know, Mark, I want to bring this show kind of full circle. We started off talking about 
Mother's Day. And the whole reason that we brought up the topic, we got sidetracked, but the whole reason we brought up the topic was because you had told me before the show started that Mother's Day was originally supposed to be about peace. It's a peace holiday. Yep. Now, I think the message has gotten so far lost. I mean, it, it now it's become sort of a almost a hallmark holiday, I guess. You could, that, that's where the discussion went. But can you tell me more about that? Because sure. I, wanna, I, I like an, peace. I want to hear more about that. Article here from uh, women's history dot about.com and you know my understanding was is that you know starting in the late 19th century you know mid to late 19th century on up into the early 20th century there's the women's suffrage movement and there are lots of things all sort of encapsulated together in the women's suffrage movement what different women had different passions surrounding different things yeah um, there i think there you could make a good argument that there was some even some authoritarian ism in that because oh, sure. there, there was like the women's temperance movement where temperance they movement. wanted to use the government to get rid of alcohol and stop people from drinking and a lot of people said that they, that it was because a lot of them had husbands who would get drunk and then they'd get violent and they would hurt them and so well, they thought that this government was a solution to that at the time you you didn't know where you could get necessarily good water so you would do people would do things to water and you know ferment fermented uh, beverages would be a good way in order to be certain that you're you know that what you're drinking was good so people would actually drink cider or beer kind of uh, low level cider or beer all day long wow they'd start out the day with these things and i can't even imagine living like that but no well, you know that's that's how well, that's what it was like and so you'd have these ramp rates of alcoholism mm-hmm. i mean you can't drink that much alcohol over time without having problems as a result and well i'm sure there were a lot of stresses of life at that time too and a lot of maybe people who had suffered b- bad things abuse and hard to know. say yeah uh, and so yeah i mean the women's temperance movement and it, one the, the one thing one can say about prohibition is it broke the pattern of you know, everybody drinking alcohol all the time um, in the United States. Mm. And I, you know, I, I'd like to point out the pros and cons of every situation. It did bring about things like hard liquor, though, like Absolutely. into more prevalence. You, uh, know. you know, more people. St- you can't drink that all day. More people but- still drink hard liquor today than they did prior to prohibition. And the reason is, is it was easier to transport liquor than it was to transport beer. Mm-hmm. So they would you know the people they would these bars these speakeasies wanted to have the thing that was easiest to serve so they right. people switched and the to most liquor. potent yeah yep. that makes sense but so another yeah, the thing was movement. the peace movement uh-huh. um you know the idea was is that if women could just have a vote you know women's suffrage women could just have this vote here's this you're going to double the size of the voting block um you're going to create this voting block that's going to be about peace because women don't want their children to go off to war now obviously this didn't work but <laughs> <laughs> well you know Immediately when you said that, what I thought of was there was a speech, oh, several, maybe almost four years ago at this point, uh, given by Sarah Palin. Okay. And she was saying basically the whole speech, it was at uh, Glenn Beck's uh, March on Washington. Mm-hmm. One of, He had one of these events. And she gave a speech and she basically said, send your kids to war. Give your kids to the state. Mm. And people cheered her. I mean, she was seen as patriotic and, oh, this is great. The most honorable thing you could do is give your kid to the state and wow. I'm not familiar with the oh speech, my. but I couldn't disagree more. Yeah, right. <laughs> who's who's the least qualified to uh, to take care? Of? And you know, people will tell you that uh, often that you know, young men, that young men and women that sign up for the military, they do that of their own volition. I disagree. <sighs> I mean, I think that it, it's about the culture, you know, in, in, enculturation uh, as they're being raised, and 
you know, I mean, for me, I consider governments to be inefficient organizations that have uh, little care for human life. So why in the world would I want my precious child to be involved in in that? Yeah. I mean, I suppose if that's the decision he wants to make, we'll have to uh, come 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 to terms with that at the when the time comes. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that there are t- there haven't been too many reasons that I think fighting made sense in the history of the United States. I mm. think that there's an argument for the the uh, the Pacific theater of World War II. I can make arguments against it too, mm-hmm. but you know there was a mess. Created. But you wouldn't want Jack to join the military, right? I don't know. You don't. You don't know. No, I don't. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> okay, thank you for clarifying but there. <laughs> anyway, this uh, Julian Ward Howe, who's uh, most famous for her writing of the Battle Hymn of the Republic, uh, has Ooh, wow. uh, became more famous as time went by. She was asked to speak publicly more often. Her husband became less adamant about that uh, she remain a private person. Um, he stopped locking her up in the house? Well, Is that what they're saying or trying to say? I, I'm not exactly certain um, You know what, wow. what they would do, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, here she she was an, an important person, and she's the one who sort of created this uh, Mother's Day. And it was Mother's Day for Peace uh, was the the initial um, idea. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1819 in New York City into a strict Episcopalian Calvinist family. Her, her mother died when she was young, and she was raised by an aunt. When her father, a banker of comfortable but not immense wealth, died, her guardianship became the responsibility of a more liberal-minded uncle. Hmm. Liberal-minded uncle in New York City. Okay. She herself, uh, (laughs) unmarried apparently, uh, became more liberal in religion and in social issues. And at 21 years old, she married a reformer. And the um, name's Samley Gridley Howell. And it goes on to talk about how she created Mother's Day with the intention of, uh, you know, it's Mother's Day for peace. The idea being that uh, women weren't going to send their kids off to war Mm -hmm. if they had control. And, you know, she herself had a husband who was, you know, not exactly domineering, but he didn't at the same time. It's got to be kind of embarrassing at that time frame for a man to have his wife, you know, going out and doing speeches when that would be a very, very uncommon thing. It would I almost guess be considered like a cockold norm. or something like that. Are you familiar <laughs> with the term? I know what the term means, okay. but it's very different. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, it is. But I mean, <laughs> you can see how it might be like that. I wouldn't go that far. Maybe an embarrassment, I guess. Okay, sure. fine. Yeah, okay. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, I'm sure guys said things like that about him behind their hands. Mm, yeah, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, this is so interesting that it's that it was for peace. How many people know that today? And how many people take that to heart? You know, I think if, if more mothers shared their stories, maybe of what had happened to their their children going off to war. Maybe it would be more about peace. So Free Talk Live 855-450-FREE is our number. More coming up. Your calls in the last segment. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Thank you. 
Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We are launching into the final segment. It's Stephanie with you. And Mark. And there's still time to squeeze your calls in at 855-450-FREE. If Call, you'd like squeeze to make them. them. That's what we do. Squeeze them. <laughs> Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service that you must abide by. You can download the free Bitcoin software and be using it in just a few minutes. You can send and receive money anywhere in the world. No fees. You don't need permission from any corporation or bank or government agency or whatever to learn more. Visit WeUseCoins.org. It's a short two-minute video on Bitcoins, and Bitcoins are changing the Internet, and they're changing the world. So you need to know about them. WeUseCoins.org. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. You can buy your Bitcoins with cash by visiting bitinstant.com and uh, we get you know free talk live has several advertisers that pay with bitcoins and, oh cool you know it's just another currency and we change them into u.s dollars if we need them or we buy things with bitcoins it just you know it just depends yeah i'm really excited about bitcoins and uh let's go to the phones mark jed in miami is with us jed what's on your mind hi i'm actually in wyoming but whatever Excuse it's me. It's funny, like, as, like whenever you get on the radio, you, no matter how calm you might be, there's always that weird dopamine kick right before you know you're ready <laughs> sure to is. Yep. It's Just it's pretend like, it's just us talking. Just We're having a conversation over a cup yeah. of coffee. <laughs> O'Neill <laughs> coffee. O'Neill coffee. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to say, uh, I'm sure you guys have run into the argument before when you're discussing, like, drug prohibition versus alcohol prohibition. The thing where people will say, well, the difference is is that you can drink one beer and not be drunk or just have a good time, but you can't do one set with, like, whatever drug in quotes and not feel it. You do it only to get high. Yeah, You've heard that, right? I have certainly heard that, and I think that it's a specious argument because— the fact is that you know I used to I used to smoke marijuana like a broke microwave, um, and at some point <laughs> oh I had a problem with paranoia, and what I found was different types of marijuana would affect me differently, but I would then just smoke just a little bit, just a tiny, tiny bit in order to just enjoy a small buzz as opposed to this you know being you super stoned or whatever and so yeah i mean people can enjoy small bits uh small you know amounts of uh, marijuana as opposed to small amounts of alcohol and i mean drinking one drink yeah you're being affected by that alcohol a little bit you may you may you can tell yourself that you're not but you are so a little bit of marijuana you're, you're being affected by it so i just dis- i disagree yeah. that um that people don't use drugs in small quantities I was actually going to take it a little bit further because everybody knows that with weed. But, I mean, especially with the drugs that people think of as, like, the the most heinous and which can be if used, like, super to excess, like heroin or cocaine or methamphetamine. Usually there's there's some form of all of those things that are even given to kids when they break their bones. Like heroin is any – heroin could be any little opiate that you might take, like Percocet or, you know – yeah, and and there are endogenous. If you take a whole bunch of them, it f's you up. But if you take a little bit, you get that little feeling, you know. There are endogenous opioids to too. Like, way. have you ever heard of runner's high? Supposedly, that's because your body, when you undergo intense exercise, especially running, uh, your body yeah, produces, produces endorphins or whatever. Mm-hmm, exactly, and and those bind to the opioid receptors, the same ones that some you know opioids you might get from a doctor do. 
I know. Another thing, I used to buy this D-phenylalanine all the time because it supposedly, like, it increases your enkephalin, and I think enkephalin is the thing that... Like, enkephalin is, is an endogenous opioid, yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of the things that, like, either does or doesn't, I don't really know much about it, break down the things to, like, reuse them or whatever. Mm, I, but, yeah, um, I see what you're saying. I, yeah, I don't know if that, that will work, because, I mean, even if that, that... What you're talking about is an amino acid, which is um, a building block of proteins, and it's in... Yeah, and D is actually and, a synthetic, because it doesn't exist in nature kind of thing. Sure, L does. I wasn't talking about trying to get high off of it. I was just saying that it's weird that they don't sell it anymore because they're, the DEA is trying to claim, oh, you can freaking make drugs out of it or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it, what I hear all the time with stuff like those bath salts, have you ever heard of these? Like, I mean, they're, they're a class of drugs. They're not one like that. Yeah, I think that's one of them. But the thing is, like, there, there are lots of different ones of them. They're all kind of similar. But what they do is, like, the DEA will crack down on one of them and make that one illegal. And then so people will start shifting to synthesizing. Yeah, just I've actually slightly different. Down. It's actually kind of cool. I've even heard of doctors doing it and saying that, you know, it's technically safe if you just do a little bit of it. It's mm-hmm. not like a crazy, I'm drinking lighter fluid. I don't know. Thing, I mean, you know? anytime someone is uh, intoxicated or, or sleep deprived or distracted for that matter, and maybe they're doing things like driving or cutting with a knife, yeah. I mean, they could do something that could hurt them. It'd so, you know, just yeah. use caution, I the, would say. The thing about, uh, you know, if people are all concerned about uh, what other folks are doing when, in their spare time. <laughs> Yes, they are. I mean, you know, if, if yeah, people can drink alcohol, they can have just one sip, but people can do small amounts of drugs. And just because folks think of druggies as these people lying on the street vomiting on themselves, obviously <laughs> they're not talking about the truth. As I understand, lots of doctors are addicted to, uh, to, to medicines, but people go to them and they believe everything they say. So, oh, yeah. Well, oh, I had one more tiny point I was going to bring up sure. about uh, the price distinction. Okay. Like when I, I hear you guys talk a lot of the time about like, and you always say it right, you know how like there's a giant price disparity, and that's what it like creates the influx of people doing violent or theft crimes to get the amount of drugs, you know. Sure. But I don't think a lot of people understand, like people especially that aren't that haven't ever done it before or looked at the amounts of stuff. Like we're not talking a tiny price discrepancy here. No. You know, like there's a. Like, there's five, if you buy a bottle of Tylenol, there's 500 milligrams of acetaminophen in every single pill. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of those pills, especially, it's like two bucks if you buy the generic. Right. And something like methamphetamine, like, well, cocaine's made from a natural thing, but still, I could, I could imagine it grown, you know, like, really hardcore, or any of the opiates or anything like that, that would literally be like four bucks a bottle. Well, Ian, and to your point, Jed, to tie your two points together, Jed, you know, you first you were talking about the uh, the small amounts, people using small amounts of drugs. And then you talked about the pricing. The cocaine is a great example of that, because when it grows wild, the coca plants, um, I guess they're indigenous peoples that chew on them to get a little buzz. So they're not only using a I've small amount of what people think of as a really dangerous drug, but it's also basically free because they're picking it from the wild and when I you think about people, people often have done some cocaine weekend like a couple weekends a year and been fine i wouldn't I suppose recommend you could. that i don't recommend it but i mean you know, <laughs> yeah whatever one wishes to do uh, the, but you yeah. know when you think about t- uh, tobacco for instance people often will use this as an example but most of tobacco's costs 
come down to uh, t- legacy costs for tobacco companies having to pay off uh, for people that said, oh, my God, I had no idea these cigarettes kill you. Oh, wow, and, really? You know, I mean, it, seem, it seems hard to believe for my generation, but indeed, I, they used to advertise them as uh, healthy at some point in the past. I, I find it, you know, I'm skeptical. You but- can kind of understand, though, everything, but it felt good. Man, if you if you just discovered drugs and you were like a caveman out in the forest, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. Of this has to be good for me. It, you'd be like, oh yeah, dude, I am the medicine man right now. <laughs> and they were. I don't know. I mean, some drugs come from plants that make people sick. You know, if they eat them, so. So that is true. Some drugs but are evolved by plants. I can even think that you probably couldn't take in such a small amount would be like the ones that are most emotionally therapeutic, like LSD or something, like. LSD, you pretty much, once you take enough to get you off, then obviously you're off. But they're actually one of the ones that would make make people the least violent and the least likely to go. You don't see people on LSD, like, going into stores and robbing or anything like that. I don't see that, but uh, PCP is one that uh, people are sort of known for going bananas in the the parking lot of uh, some fast food restaurant for, picking Mm -hmm. up cars and swatting cops with them. I've heard of that, too. Yeah. Interesting. Thanks, Jed, for your thoughts tonight. Do appreciate it. Stay safe out there. (laughs) I can't really... I love the medicine man. Dude! (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what they would say, right? (laughs) No, seriously. I mean, plants evolve uh, defense mechanisms just like animals, and plants can't get up and run away, so they have to make poisons, basically, to prevent themselves from being eaten. Eaten, excuse me. I'm not of the opinion that uh, every drug out there is uh, a good recreational choice. I'm just of the opinion that the drug war is worse than people abusing drugs. Um, Absolutely. I I am not... I agree. I'm not I'm not interested in them myself at all, but I don't think it helps anybody to put people in cages because of what they choose to ingest. My deepest concern is, is that it drives up the cost of uh, of drugs by a great deal, mm-hmm. thousands of percent as a result. He was talking about Tylenol being a couple of bucks a bottle, and it's the truth. Yeah. That's what these drugs would cost if they were available in the marketplace without government intrusion, and then people wouldn't have to kill, lie, and steal in order to get them. All right, it's been Free Talk Live with myself, Stephanie. And Mark. And we'll be back tomorrow night, 7 p.m. to 10 Eastern Time. Meantime, freetalklive.com is our website. Thanks so much.